Hello everyone, this is episode number 141 of the Classic Gaming Podcast. Today's date is February 22nd, 2020. I'm Robert Ring. With me is Mr. Jay Totoro. Hello, hello, good evening. And Mr. Josh and Mr. Vaughn of the Indie Incursion Podcast. Ooh, hello, hello. I like how you didn't use last names this time. I don't know why. I was just like, you know what? This is what I'm feeling right now. We can give you like date of birth and social too if you need to, if you want as well. Just let us oh, know. Oh yeah. Do you have that? That's interesting. I don't remember providing that. Oh, it's it, it's on your username. Oh, Got to right click. Okay. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I forgot. Uh, Long with IP address. Pretty invasive these days. <laughs> Everything is. It's on my Facebook. That's why. <laughs> Going back to Skype. <laughs> How you guys been? It hadn't been that long since we uh, since we had you on last, but we but we had a ton of fun last time. We were like, "Fuck, let's do it again." What y'all been nice. up to? Uh, I've been dying. Uh, I had like like we talked about uh, <laughs> before we started recording the flu and then a cold. Actually, technically, I had a flu, got a a, a throat infection, then got the cold, mm-hmm. and now I'm still like got a random cough that's just lingering for days oh, and days. No. So like. I'm basically dying, um, but you know it's it's okay, I guess. It blows. <laughs> I can't remember if I was sick. If this was if this happened since the last podcast or not, so I may have already talked about. It, but yeah, I got I also got sick twice. I didn't catch the flu though, but I did get sick like twice in two weeks. It oh, sucked. It, it, it was awful. <laughs> so I'm gonna one up everybody here. So the, literally the day after we did the podcast, Robert. Mm-hmm. I went to the hospital and I was there for seven days. I got you went to the hospital. Whoa! Yes. I was in the ho- I had pneumonia. I got pneumonia again. Oh so my god! It was fucking Dude, brutal. holy fuck! Yeah, I was, I was gonna text you, but I was like, oh, "This is kind of weird." But I was, it was cra- it's, no, it's you just gotta crazy. let me know Everybody that. Everybody was insane. <laughs> yeah. Was um, that your last podcast or the last time we did this one? Like you were no, the one that Robert and I just did. No, it was oh, like okay. We did it on like a Tuesday or Wednesday, right, Robert? Yeah, it was Tuesday, almost yeah. three weeks ago. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of your last episode, can I ask you guys a question real quick? Yeah, about, the, yeah, about our last episode? Yeah. Uh, in your Discord, why is there a picture of this chick with a fat <laughs> hand? Oh, God damn it. That's Robert. <laughs> that was from uh, somebody emailed us in about a DOA game. Um, um, kind of along the lines of DOA Extreme Beach Volleyball, but it's not that. It's like a newer version of that. And I this is literally the game. It's literally the game is just you, uh, like getting like your girls to do poses and like wearing whatever you want them to. And like, I honestly think there's a part where you just like poke at them or something like that too. Jesus. Um, so I don't it's basically like gal gun where you just like shoot them with your love. It's just to be as pervy as possible. Well, yeah, except you're, it's literally like <laughs> use your hand and poke them to do this and that. Uh, I don't remember. Let's see. Hold on. The game is not available uh, in the States. It's extreme. It's dead or dead or alive. Uh, extreme Venus vacation. Uh, that's extreme starting with an X, not an E, by the way. Uh, oh, of course. <laughs> and, uh, I you know it's serious. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why this game wouldn't be included. The other day I came across a game that literally just had sex in it. Like, <laughs> that's, just, that's what it is there's a lot of those on steam <laughs> yeah that's it was a crazy. game it was an indie game where the entire thing was like it's kind of like conception but instead of your children being your weapons you instead like the dungeons were inside of creatures 
and you entered them. And I was like, Hot. this is a little fucked up. I, I got to be honest. I watched the whole trailer because it was very interesting. But, yeah, it's pretty fucked up. <laughs> uh, yeah, somebody wrote in about this. And I was looking up. I was like, uh, here we go. You guys see this one, Jay. And then and I was there for everybody who ever does a podcast with us from now on, I guess. Yeah, because I was, since we're in the Discord, randomly on that day when we're not doing the oh, podcast no. with you, I just get that picture and I was like, what is this? I was wondering if that happened to you too. Yeah, I had that same experience. I think I, I think I meant to send it just directly to Jay and actually put it here in the chat. Yeah, that's actually true. Yeah, you did say that. So yeah, there's uh, there's that. A little, yeah, little, little eye candy. You're welcome. Yeah, you're Look welcome. back to our last episode where it's like the boomerang controller, like oh, yeah. the Tidus gift, and then it's just this chick. That's a good Tidus gift. Oh, that's so good. Um, so quick story. I uh, so for, actually, first of all, I don't know how's how's Indie Incursion going? How's uh, your indie food podcast? We're on, uh, we're on our seventieth episode. Well, I guess this week will be the seventy-first when we record it. All right. It's going good. It's getting weirder by the day. Uh, good. Yeah, a lot more butt and sex talk. I mean, we did episode sixty nine. I feel like we just opened the floodgates. Perfect. Yeah, it was, was just like, one. why not? Write in the weirdest <laughs> questions humanly possible. Did you do anything special? We uh, we, we meant to do to. something, but neither of us wanted to either pay or have our <laughs> friends see that we were playing these like sexy games on Steam. Yeah, we were going to do like yeah, that, I mean that's kind of what we should have done. We were going to do like a top 5 count of the best like anime titty games on Steam or something for episode <laughs> 69, but we were like nice. I don't really want to do this. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, we're going to adopt this, like, for the content mindset, and, like, randomly on, like, episode, I don't know, like, 96 or something like that, we're going to end up doing that. We're just like, oh, why not? And nobody will understand why. It's just yeah. going to be uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, the other day, I bought a new graphics card, because mine is a little bit old. This is, this is a complete non sequitur, by the way. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, mine's a little bit old, and, like, it... It's fine for most of what I want to play, but every once in a while, if I do want to play like a like a more high like a, like a higher end AAA game, then I right now I just can't. So I bought a new graphics card finally, and uh, I, one morning I woke up a little bit early and I was like, oh, let's I got a little extra time. Let's let's hook this bad boy up and see how it is. And uh, so I opened up the PC and everything, you know, unplugged everything, opened it up, took the old graphics card out, unboxed the new one, put it in. And then I went to plug it in, and my current monitors don't have HDMI. <laughs> oh, no. Or it's actually direct, uh, it's DisplayPort, rather. Is, yeah, DisplayPort. Yeah, DisplayPort. Yeah, yeah. uh, well, my current monitors didn't, didn't have either of those. They only had the old ones that you, like, screw in on the sides, you know? BGA. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. It's time to get new monitors, buddy. Uh, well, that's exactly what happened. So I was like, fuck. <laughs> Took it all back apart again, put the old one back in, and then ordered some new monitors. So I ended up spending, like... A thousand more dollars than I thought I was uh, going geez. to. Some good monitors. I, yeah, yeah, I did get some pretty good monitors. I'm I'm doing one in uh, portrait mode. I've got the double setup where I got oh, cool. oh, nice. portrait mode on the side, and uh, it's fun. It's it works great, except Windows like gets a little bit confused by it. Yeah, <laughs> and anytime it goes to sleep, then every then when I turn it back on, everything is back on one monitor, and then the one on the the portrait one, like half the screen is black, and I have to turn it off and back on for it to actually get Weird. stuff on it again. But I've uh, heard the portrait mode is really good for coding. 
Yeah, well, it definitely is. That's interesting. I because that's what I do all day, but I don't use the portrait mode for that. I put Try. I I yeah I should I do coding just in the main <laughs> one, and then I have like three windows up and down, uh, on the portrait one. Like you know, depending usually it's like iTunes and the internet and Discord all kind of like stacked on top of each other on the side while I'm working on the main one. Man, I'm I'm building a PC right now, and I can't wait to just run into these really stupid inconveniences. <laughs> right? <laughs> so You'll never you never think of everything. You'll forget one thing for sure. Welcome to the PC world, buddy. Yeah, I'm so glad that I'm deciding to switch when it seems more complex than ever. <laughs> yeah. It only gets easier from here, though. It's true. Yeah, and now I'll have the graphical power and the like, basically the means to play all these sweet anime titty games. Just saying. Mm-hmm. No, Gotta see them titties. Make sure you get a VPN so you can buy stuff from Japan. Oh, mm. yeah, see? Then we can oh, get that Dead or Alive Dead or Alive game? Robert, yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> you talk like you've done this before, Robert. <laughs> we'll talk. He's had a VPN for years, dude. You don't even know. He's doing that research. <laughs> for the research. <laughs> Well, let's jump into news, unless anybody has anything else worth pointing out before we before we do so. Um, let's do it. All right, let's do it. Like what I pointed out before was actually worth. <laughs> <laughs> Only got two things this time. Uh, one, both of them are um, Switch-related. Nice. Double Dragon and Cuneo Kun Retro Brawler Bundle has just been released for Switch. The uh, That's a hell of a name. Double Dragon and Kunio Kun Retro Brawler Bundle. It's got 18 games. Uh, these are all classic like beat 'em ups. Only seven of these had been previ- had previously been released in North America, so that's kind of why this is noteworthy. Here's the list of games. It's got uh, the Double Dragon series: Double Dragon, Double Dragon Two, The Revenge, Double Dragon Three, The Sacred Stones. <laughs> then it has the Kunio Kun series. Uh, these are the ones that had been released in the states so uh, you know before now. Renegade, Super Dodgeball, River City Ransom, and Crashing the Boys Street Challenge. <laughs> and then the ones that it also has that had not been released in the states yet. These are all Kunio Kun series games. Uh, Niketsu Renegade Kunio Kun, Niketsu High School Dodgeball Club, Downtown Niketsu Story. Niketsu High School Dodgeball Club Soccer Story. <laughs> Downtown Niketsu March Super Awesome Field Day. <laughs> I hadn't read all these yet. Arts names. Jesus. Yeah, right? Free and wonder memory. Downtown Special Kunio Kun's Historical Period Drama. Go Go Niketsu Hockey Club Slip and Slide Madness. <laughs> <laughs> These are awesome. You, there's no way you're actually reading this or somewhere. You just, just make it up on the fly. Just got a like verb generator. <laughs> so, surprise Niketsu New Records The Distant Gold Medal. Oh, of course. Niketsu Fighting yeah, Legend, Kunio Kun's Niketsu Soccer League, and Niketsu Street Basketball All Out Dunk Heroes. <laughs> <laughs> I did not have any clue how hilarious this list was about to be. <laughs> Some strange names. So, is there a reason why these are bundled? Like, th- I've never heard these two things referenced together. I think that now. the Q- I-, I could be wrong. Um, I did. I read a little bit about it, but not much. 
I think the Kunio Kun games are were made by the same people as the Double Dragon games. So and all so all those weird ones are Kunio Kun games. So they're just like, oh, let's come out with you know, it's an easy thing. I guess it was easy to do. Just dump a bunch of uh, old bra. Well, they did they did localize them, so they're in English and everything. So they, I, I say dump, but they didn't just yeah. like just do a quick port or anything. They actually did the work. But I don't know why, but they're like, hey, yeah. now's the time. I guess. I guess they were like, well, yeah, I mean, it makes sense if they're putting that much work into it. I guess they're just like, well, you know, the States probably isn't going to jump on it right away, but they'll know Double Dragon, so they'll probably be more likely to be like, I want Double Dragon. I guess I'll pick this up, even though it's got all these weird slip and slide games. <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. And also, just because, just to also taking in, into consideration how, like, awesome things seem to sell on the Switch just in general, they probably, sure. like, you know, if... If this was still Wii U generation, I don't see this happening. But uh, no. now that the Switch is out, they're like, you know, this will probably make some money. So uh, that's that's my guess. There, I'm sure you guys have heard this. I've heard so many stories, particularly of indie developers who've had their games out on Steam and that and, and whatever, like forever. And then ever since Switch came out, like you release one game that's been on Steam for 10 years. And then in like a year, it outsells everything on Switch than it did like on all other platforms combined. Like... Switch. I feel, I feel like we have that like one one of those every week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's crazy just how how good stuff sells on there. Yeah, it's doing well. I still don't understand why. If I'm being honest, like we talk about this shit every week, and I is it the portability? Like, what do you guys think makes the Switch so popular for indie games? I don't know because, and sorry to cut anyone off, but like. I'm thinking about myself for my Switch. I like portability. I always play it just in my house, though. Like even though, yeah, me too. Like, yeah. What I don't the ju- shit is happening. I, I honestly don't know. I've <laughs> I've I've thought the same thing, and I don't quite know. Um, I mean, I, I guess part of it is probably. I think it appeals a lot more to kind of like the non sort of like hardcore gamers i guess i hate even using that term but you know what i'm talking about like people who really keep up with stuff uh because there are plenty of people who have a switch that don't do any sort of pc gaming whatsoever so i can see people just kind of like browse and be like oh what's new like you said like oh shit here's double dragon i remember that game let's buy it or just mm-hmm. like even you know aside from stuff like that but even like indie games just being like oh this looks cool that looks cool or hearing about something that they maybe hadn't had a chance to play before uh like, I had a friend over, like, one of my good friends uh, from high school came over once, and uh, we we just, like, he, he came over, he came to visit for a few days, because he lives out of town, and we just played, like, retro games the whole time he was here. And at one point, I was doing something, and I pulled up Steam, and he was like, what's Steam? What? <laughs> Damn. I was like, holy shit, there is a whole other world out there. Uh, yeah. but, but, but this is a guy, like, he's got a... Um, like he built a, 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 like a retro gaming cabinet. He's got a switch that he, that he uses, like that he plays like a lot with his kids, but he doesn't do any PC, PC gaming whatsoever to the point where he doesn't even know what steam is. So I think it's that, I think it's just kind of reaching a whole other audience, but still the fact that it sells so incredibly, like I can see it like being a good boost, but, but saying like, Oh, our, our switch sales beat steam sales. Like that still kind of blows me away. And I really just don't quite understand it either. Yeah, there are certain games that we've talked about that have come to, like, I forget what it was specifically, but there was a game um, that a developer had said that 
the Steam like version of the game, or not Steam, sorry, the Switch version of the game outsold every other version like ten to one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I still don't get it. I personally have this. I, I I don't think it's a theory. I do think this has much more credence than most of the dumb things I say. But um, <laughs> I personally think it's kind of like the lack of first and third party games on Nintendo Switch caused like people who the the system sells really well. So like there's. I, I don't want to say a vacuum, but there's a lot of people with Switches who want to play a game but can't play, like, Red Dead or, and they can't play Legend of Zelda for the umpteenth time, so instead they just buy an indie game. That's personally what I think, but... Hmm, could be. Uh, it's definitely yeah. me. I definitely fit that category at times. Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't say that it's... Like, like saying that they don't have as much first-party titles is kind of a weird thing. Like, I, it, it's definitely not as robust as some, but, like... Just thinking of like 2019, they had a ton of different titles, and it's they usually come out like one every other month, which I think is still pretty good, especially for someone who's like picking up a Switch now. Like, there's a good backlog that's there. Um, but I think the way the eShop is set up, it's really easy to pick up these indie games that are constantly cycling through, and it's it's almost a bad thing because the older ones get cycled out, but there's such an array of just constant flow of those indie games funneling through that eShop of like the what's new of everything. And mm-hmm. there's usually some kind of sale of like certain percent off for, for them because uh, one of the big things that they talk about uh, from like an independent developer thing is they kind of try to trick the system of being the most popular games that are sold through the eShop by for a week, putting your game at like only a dollar and then oh, so many yeah. people buy it that it's up at the top of the shop and then they take that discount away and then people are like, well, it must be great then. And right. A bunch of people. So like there, there's different strategies for that. I, I wouldn't say it's just that the first party titles aren't there. It's just they have so much uh, when you look at the East shop of constantly changing titles coming through it just because everyone's trying right now to just flood their you know system. Right, right. To continue to throw off your guys' uh, news <laughs> segment, because it's really just what I'm good at is derailing things. Since we're on Nintendo First Party, I have to ask, did you have you guys heard of this grave that's in Animal Crossing New Horizons? A grave? No. no. Yeah, so during the Direct, they showed some gameplay, and off to the right of one of these like little bits of gameplay is a grave. It's just a gravestone, and oh, like, the entire internet's like, who the fuck died there? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I honestly don't know why. Like, I, the, I guess there are like these an entire section of the internet that just picks apart Animal Crossing footage. Like they had talked about it on Gamespot <laughs> After Dark, where they were like, "Oh, there's a bike in the back of this. I wonder if you could ride that bike." And apparently, they found a freaking grave. Yeah. Well, holy you know, shit! That person, that person didn't pay their debt to Tom Nook. First, <laughs> <laughs> he breaks your legs, then he kills you. Yep. Uh, yeah. It happens. I'll send Timmy and Tommy after you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And the only other thing I've got is uh, new games. Oh, here's a picture of it. Wow. (laughs) There's a fucking grave. Holy shit. People dive on. That's what happened. Yeah, I guess that's true. Doesn't Tom Nook say that this is like an undiscovered island, though? (laughs) There's a grave on Oh, that's even scarier, dude. It's the beginning of a horror game. Yeah, he yeah. murdered the original inhabitants <laughs> so he could, like, schlock their plots uh, of land to people. They threatened, to, they threatened to sue him, so he killed them. 
I like how you put that anime picture back. Yeah, put it back. It's got to be. Right it's got to be bottom. the most recent one. Well, it is a bottom, so it's got to be at the bottom, right? Boom. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone that's still in this Discord, other than us, is like. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, last thing I got is uh, for Switch Online, they've released their new set of uh, NES and SNES games that you can play on there with a subscription. The new SNES ones are Poppin' Twin Bee and Smash Tennis. And the new NES ones are Shadow of the Ninja and Eliminator Boat Duel. What? All oh, classics. <laughs> All classics. Yeah, don't you remember the classic title, Eliminator Boat Duel? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> looks I'm like uncultured. It looks like uh, Eliminator Boat Duel is just like a boat racing game. Poppin' Twin Bee is a top-down shoot-em-up. Smash Tennis is a... I forgot what sport that game is. And then Shadow of the Ninja <laughs> is something like... <laughs> Ninja Gaiden, I think. I'm honestly kind of saddened to say that that got me so hard. <laughs> Wait, that got you so hard or that got you so hard? Oh, yeah. Either way, I mean, honestly, <laughs> I this mean, whole experience is getting me there. Let's be wow, nice. it's a smash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about what games we've been playing. How about one of you guys go first this time? I'm going to let... I'm going to let Josh go first. Nice. All right. So uh, for my classic game, I decided to pick up. Uh, I've had my eye on this for a while because this is one of my like very nostalgic. Uh, I've always loved this game. I picked up the Commander Keen Complete Pack. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is one of those games where I just remember way back in the day playing this all the time. And I was pretty bad as a kid, I remember. Um, and so I remember like the same levels over and over again and went back into it. It's interesting going back to a game that you really loved, um, and finding out that the <laughs> the game was not like the best in the world <laughs> because this, and it's still a good game. Like it's still a good platformer. Uh, I still enjoyed my time with it, but I was like, there's certain things about older games that you kind of forget and just like look at ro- with rose tinted color glasses kind of thing oh yeah where, for sure where like the audio of this game every time you walk <laughs> it makes this just annoying like crunching noise like, <laughs> crink, 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 crink. and i was like oh god i can't i can't stop hearing this i had to just mute my volume because i was like i can't do this <laughs> every time he walks that reminds me of uh Don- that's how it is in donkey kong yeah so, um, but the game actually, so it's basically uh, a platformer where you're this uh, person called Commander Keen who crash lands on a planet and you're trying to find pieces to fix your ship and get off the planet, essentially. Uh, the aliens in there are a little strange because there's like the one-eyed green blob guys who you kind of would think of as an alien. But then there's like these kangaroo people all throughout that are trying to kill you and they just jump around. Um but the the platforming aspect to it is really a, a weird type of you press the button to jump and it has like this slight delay and then a kind of like you're bouncing off of a trampoline and then your character slides a little bit. It's really weird to describe, hmm. but the timing for it was very strange. I don't remember it being like that, but it, it still worked. And it was one of those games where because you had your normal jump and then you randomly get a pogo stick and that makes you go even higher and farther. And it was just like a lot of the, the platforming to it is very 
very difficult, um, but like kind of in a good way. Like it's not just as easy because of almost the fact that it was just an old game. Um, I really enjoyed it. I, 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 like I said, there's certain aspects to it that I was just like, whew, this is an, this is an old game. Yeah. <laughs> kind of a thing. Clock-toothed fish that just looks disgusting. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of those. <laughs> <laughs> the color palette on that game, if I remember correctly, is a bit... Uh... It's tough on the eyes. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's tough on the eyes. Yeah, the, the, the game is very... Uh, <laughs> very old it's it's not the best um but it, it's one of those things where it's just it's got such a old like um it, it was such a, a a monumental piece in like platforming experience from that age that i think it paved the way for a lot of games going forward not in the like the oh we're definitely going to use this palette or we're going to use all these noises that they make but the style that they had i remember a lot of games that had the same uh the same platforming and and combat elements and puzzles that were going through because it was a lot of going from one area to the next to collect key cards to go through shooting these monsters these weird kangaroo guys who are bouncing around and going through and trying to get your the pieces for your ship and get off and like a lot of it um was made to be super difficult because of the fact that every time you died or quit it would give you like a oh here's your high score like it's one of those back in the day games were meant to be something you constantly failed at because you just had to learn the patterns of things yeah. and to learn to actually get good at the game Gotta which get that i definitely play time out of it yeah, exactly. Yeah, because you know they like, especially because these games aren't that big. Because you know it's back when you were using DOS computers. Like they can't have an intense amount of like you know fifty million ga- hours of gameplay kind of a thing. It's got to be difficult so you can keep doing it and have that replayability to it. Um, I really enjoyed it. The one thing that I will say, if people do pick it up, uh, be cautious about how you start the game. In Steam, you have to like right click and press play um because if you don't it will auto open the first episode and that's all it will show you and you'll be totally confused and there's no way to get to the episodes other than like inside the main menu in steam so i I spent yeah so it's like the way it's broken out it's not like they they uh piece this together into like one package they basically just have a bunch of executables inside uh the the game package so to speak so when you go to start the game when you press play you have to go to the steam library right click and play and then from there it'll let you choose which episode you want to launch otherwise if you just click the play button it immediately just launches the episode one i had to i was like what is happening it took me like so long i was trying to figure it out inside the game and finally i was like all right i'm just gonna google this and there was a a forum about it and i was like oh okay my gosh yeah, the, the the optimization of the actual pack is not great, um, mm. but it's a lot of fun playing the games because they they really didn't do much to the games other than just put them like I said sure. in an executable file. But um, I'm, I'm having fun with it. It's good. It's so, just an old game. So is it? <laughs> so it's not just like a linear, like get through the level from one end to the other type game because I never played it. But that's what I thought. But you said you have to get like key cards and shit. No, so so the way it works is there's, and it depends on the level, because in the more basic levels, it is kind of very, like, get from one side to the other. But there's, like, a whole lot that's going on. The way the game works and why they had, like, that high score is you had to collect these 
different things around the world. So there was like soda cans and, and pizzas and candy bars and like random things that were just like your power up, so to speak, but it's just uh, building up score. So you, you, go through this level and there's all these different areas that you can go to and collectibles and things that you can get. But if you really want to, you could probably just move from the left screen to the right screen and just get through the end uh, of it, but you're not going to get extra lives. And that's like one of the biggest things you need to do is try to get as many lives as you can. Cause you're going to screw up later, like later down the, lo- the line with those harder levels. Gotcha. As you start to get to the harder levels, there are different routes. So like, it is very linear in a left to right perspective of you're moving back and forth, but there's different platforms that go, you know, all the way up uh, through many different screens. And in there, there's key cards you have to go and find so that'll unlock doors and get to look different pieces of your ship so that you can then get those to go out of the level with and things like that. So there is, um, and even in the, in the first one, it's much more basic as you start getting into commander Keen two and three, those start to get more in depth because you know that's later on the games just become more uh, more advanced with different tactics. So okay. you know it's not just jumping back and forth, um, but there is a little bit of that of you have to find a certain key or you have to do a certain puzzle or do uh, jump through certain platforms in a way. It's not just go from left screen to right screen all the time. Gotcha. Did you know uh, if if I remember correctly, I believe this was the first game, the first like PC, you know, slash DOS game that actually had scrolling levels. Hmm. Like nobody figured out how to do this before, you know, uh, uh, Id were the ones who made this. So basically John Carmack, like was the one who figured out how to do that on a PC game. And, uh, and they did this, they did it. This is the game that they implemented it on. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, they have that in its like Steam uh, description, actually. It oh, really? Commander Keen's very first adventure and the debut of its groundbreaking side-scrolling technology. Mm-hmm. They originally. Wait, cool. huh? Can we talk about how this is developed by ID Software, the same people who made Doom? Uh, you know, that's yeah. it is crazy, but it kind of made sense when Josh was describing it because he was talking about getting key cards to like find ways to, to you know to get through doors and stuff. I was like, yep, yeah, yeah, sounds kind of like Doom vaguely. Yeah, it's same. I think there's something where Commander Keen is supposed to be in the lore of, uh, no, who is he? No, he's he's like the the cousin or something of the person from, uh, what am I thinking of? Wolfenstein. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, there's some weird lore about him being part of that. <laughs> I can't remember it though. That's funny. But yeah, there. I mean. They basically like it is very similar in that style, just more of a, you know, kind of platformy, cutesy kind of way. But it's the right. same. You've got these weird enemies. You got to blast them with a, a weird space gun. You then jumping around, getting through, trying to get out of whatever weird, like not really dungeon, but like spaceship area that you're in. Cool. Yeah, it is cool. All right. <laughs> Up next, who should go? Who should go next? Thinking. Maybe I'll just go next. Is that cool with y'all? Let's do it. I guess. <laughs> oh, Jay. Jay's sad about it. Why don't you go next, Jay? I'm just kidding. I'm just chilling. I'm just chilling. I know. Okay. I played... This is a game... I was actually... for our So our top five later is classic games that have been on our two playlists the longest. If uh, I had not played this game for this episode, this definitely would have been on my list. Because it's one that I've been meaning to play for quite a while, probably right around the time where, where we started doing the podcast. I was like, I need to play that eventually. Because it is a point-and-click adventure game, and it's supposed to be really good. 
but I just never got around to playing it. Gabriel Knight, Sins of the Fathers. This is a Sierra point-and-click adventure game. It came out in 1993. And uh, so... Anybody who has listened to the podcast much knows that I hate Sierra point-and-click adventure games, just in general. I mean, I like some stuff about them, like uh, particularly the Space Quest series. Like, they have a really funny vibe, and like I like the space aesthetics and all that kind of stuff. But on all of their games, the gameplay is just trash, because you get into unwinnable situations, or you do something dumb that like kills you for no discernible reason. Or the game is just fucking impossible in general. Uh, but Gabriel Knight is supposed to be really, really good. So I've been I've been wanting to play it. The basis of the game is you play as this guy named Gabriel Knight. He's a writer, and he also owns a bookstore, and he lives in New Orleans. So he uh, right now during the, during the time of this game, there are murders happening, or, or as the guy. As the main, so I'll go ahead and tell you this: the main character's voice acting is fucking terrible, and uh, it's actually he's done. Tim Curry is the one who did the voice acting oh, wow. for the main character, but it is horrible. Whenever you're talking to somebody and like asking them about it, he'll, he'll go, "Can you tell me about the voodoo murders?" <laughs> so. You're, so there's there's murders happening around as our uh, as the protagonist refers to them voodoo murders and he's trying to he's writing a book on these murders so he's kind of like doing his own little side investigations into the murders uh, while they're happening he's friends with a detective at the police station so you have a lot of interaction with him he's got like a little bit of inside hook there and. Uh, you're the, the, the basis, the, the whole kind of premise of the, of the game is you sort of just doing this investigation on your own, trying to dig up information about the voodoo murders and figure out what's going on. They think they're voodoo related because I don't even remember why, like the murders are like super ghastly and look, look a little bit ritualistic in some cases. So that's where the whole voodoo angle comes in. And it's, it, it's a really big part of the story. The voodoo aspect is you get a lot into like the history of voodoo and all the different types of voodoo and like the origins of voodoo, of voodoo and all of this course. kind of stuff. So that's the premise of the game. Uh, as I said, despite being a Sierra game, this has a very, very good reputation. I mean, I guess there are other Sierra games that do, but this one seems to have, even among Sierra games, it seems to have kind of the best reputation of all their point and click adventure games. So I start playing it and it's off to a bad start. Oh. Uh you have to, so one of the key, if you're not familiar with point and clicks in general or Sierra point and clicks specifically, there's, uh, you've, you've, so you've probably also heard me say I love most LucasArts point and clicks, point and click adventure games. The, there's, there's a key difference between the, well, there are a number of key differences. One is in most LucasArts games, you can't die. You definitely can't get into unwinnable states except for, in one or two of the very, very, very early ones, you can't lock yourself into an unwinnable scenario and just not know it like you can mm. in a lot of Sierra games. But one core thing mechanic-wise is that in LucasArts games, you know, of course, you've got your cursor and you can hover it around the screen to see what what in the environment you can click on, whether it's to look at or or try to pick up or somebody to talk to. When you hover over something that you can interact with, uh, it kind of... It shows a little like description at the bottom of the screen. It says that's what this is. So if it's a door, when you hover over the door, it might just say like door at the bottom. 
And so that tells you that that's something that you can interact with. Um, Sierra games do not have this. You have to, if you want to see if you can pick something up or interact with it in any way, you can't just hover over it because there's no indication of what you can interact with or what's just part of the static environment. You have to actually choose whatever it is, whatever command it is you want to do, click specifically on the thing that you want to see if you can interact with, and then see if it works. You know, the character will walk over to it, and if he can do something, he will. If not, he'll say, you know, he has got some stock line that will say, like, I don't know what you want me to do, or I can't do anything with that, or something along those lines. So, I start the game, and you're inside your bookstore that he owns. Uh, I do a couple things. I pick up a few things. I try messing around with some stuff. Uh, you know, I, I managed to pick up a couple, like, you know, a couple little items right off the bat. And I go ahead and pull up a guide, a walkthrough, because I'm like, you know, I've gotten burned on so many fucking Sierra games. I'm not going to let it happen this time. I don't want to fucking, you know, in, in King's Quest, there's a part, there's one part at the, not the very beginning, but like almost the very beginning of the game where you walk into one you walk onto a screen and there's a cat chasing a mouse and you have a boot in your inventory. And if you don't randomly think to throw the boot at the cat at that second, then your whole entire game is fucked and you cannot win the game and you never get it. It's awful. And you never get another chance to do that again. That's this one chance that you have to do it. If you don't say like, Oh, might as well throw a boot at this animal. You lose. So, or even know that you can throw it at that point. Right. And yet you don't know that you've lost either. It's a, they call it walking dead states because you're still playing the game, but the game is impossible to beat at this point and you just don't know it. So I don't want anything like that to happen. So go ahead and pull up a walkthrough. It tells me that I'm supposed to uh, take down two books in two parts of this bookshelf, but there's no indication whatever that there whatsoever that there's something there that I could have interacted with. I mean, like, yes, I can see that there's a bookcase there, but it's not like, you know, sometimes things are a little bit brighter. So they stand out. Yeah, so, or like outlined or something. Yeah. Yeah. But no, nothing. You just have to, you're supposed to randomly like click to grab something from the bookshelf in these two random parts of the bookshelf and get these books that you need to be, you know, to progress in the game in a little while. So I'm like, okay, well, this is not a good sign. Uh, what else, what else do I need to do here? You have to open the cash register to get some stuff out of it. And that's fair enough, okay? The cash register is there. It's fairly obvious it's it's fairly yeah. obvious that you can do something with it. However, I used the pickup command on it and nothing worked. Okay, yeah, you can't pick it up. That's Oof. fine. I pick I used the use command on it. That didn't do anything. So I was like, "Well, okay, I guess there's nothing I need to do here." No, I was supposed to use the door open command on the what? cash register. Well, duh. To uh, to open the cash register and get some fucking like, uh, um, like a gift card or something out of it. So uh, you didn't know that. Jeez, that's like <laughs> no, it's so obvious. I didn't know that. Uh, then you go somewhere else. You have to pick up a book off of a chair that you can barely fucking see. And uh, then from there, as you can imagine, it's fucking downhill. Uh, as I said, the main character's accent also is hilariously bad. Um, even though it's done by Tim Curry, it's, and, and interestingly, there's a, there's a character, uh, the detective that you're friends with, he's voiced by Mark Hamill and oh wow, so that's pretty cool. But uh, the main character sounds horrible. It's like, it's super fake accent. And he sounds drunk most of the time, but he's not supposed to be, uh, <laughs> So, okay, so I'm playing some more. So I'm just like, you know, fuck this game. I can already tell it sucks. 
I'm going to play through the whole thing, but I'm just going to use the walkthrough just to get through it. I just got to see, you know, for myself how, you know, whether it gets better or most likely scenario, how fucking bad it is. So there's a, uh, one of the puzzles near the beginning of the game is you find out that there's been another murder, but you don't know where, and you're trying to find out where the crime scene is. And the police don't want to tell you because they don't want people to come and like bother them while they're investigating the crime scene or whatever. So here's the solution to that puzzle. There's a park that you can go to. Um, you go to the park and the park is like four screens big. So you kind of like it's broken into little quarters and you can walk from one quarter to the next, blah, 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 blah. There's a cop. There's a motorcycle cop just kind of like hanging around the park. On another part of the park, there's a mime. You have to just walk near the mime and then the mime starts following you. Then you have to go back and walk near the cop. Then the cop starts chasing the mime just for being a mime. (laughs) (laughs) And then while he's gone chasing the mime, you're supposed to listen in on his radio. And then you hear people talking about where the crime scene is. And that's how you learn where to go to check out the crime scene. Okay. Once again, I have to say, you didn't know that in New Orleans, there <laughs> have this hardcore prejudice against mimes. <laughs> Doesn't everybody? I, I'm just not cultured, wow. I guess. But so then you go to this crime scene. This is one of the worst parts of the game, actually. Um, because there are things here that not only do you not know, like, oh, I should debate it. You know, I should try to pick this up. But there's there's not even any indication. There's all right. Look, I gotta I'm gonna show you a picture. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I took a screenshot of this. I wish that there was a way the audience could uh, take part in this uh, in what I'm doing right now. So I'm gonna show you guys a picture, and uh, I want you to tell me what where you would click around to like see. So this is after everybody has left the crime scene. You get there and there are people there and you're talking to a cop and stuff. Then everybody leaves and you're just kind of checking things out for yourself. Tell me what types of things you might click on to, uh, see if you can find something that might be, I click on the blood for sure. Yeah. Click on the blood for sure. Yeah, definitely. What else? The marking at your feet. Yep. The marking at your feet. Probably the grass under the tree since you're making this a little bit more abstract. Um, well, Okay. That is one part, yes. You see, actually, you can kind of see where my icon is. It looks like a little Mardi Gras yeah, mask. Yeah. yeah. You see that there's a little patch, like a kind of. Oh, yeah. Do you see that right next to it? Yeah. That's one thing. Oh, my. Is that supposed to be like the shadow of it or something? No, it's supposed to be. Um, I don't know exactly what it's supposed to be, but you, you, you find a snake scale there that you need. What? <laughs> a what? what? Now, there's one more. There's one more spot. Any guesses? Please tell me you have to click on this police tape just to see that it's a crime. Do you have to, yeah. <laughs> Do you have to click on the tape, but the tiny piece underneath the branch? Nope. That, those are all good guesses. I'm going to show you right here. Is it that weird marking on the tree? This is it. Oh, what of the? course. <laughs> it's just literally. What is it? There's see, nothing there. I was, at, there I was literally pretty- nothing. I was pretty close, though. If I just accidentally went a little bit too far <laughs> below you that. It. You would have got it. Yeah, you I would have got it for sure. You have to click on the sand <laughs> of all things. Not only that, but you have to click in the specific exact spot within the circle. Like, the walkthrough I was reading said, click 
in the sand near the shore, like near the water to get a piece of clay. And I'm, it took me like 10 clicks to finally get to the right spot, even knowing that I had to do that. <laughs> so that was where I, I was already, you know, like, fuck this game. That was where I was like, fuck this game. Yeah, sounds uh, like game design at its finest. Exactly. So this was, for to be fair, one of the worst parts, but it doesn't get much better throughout. So I'm, I'm so here's here's I've I've tried to list all the places, or at least most of the places where the game goes wrong, because it's not just this and that. There's a lot of stuff it does bad. One, the the game's first major flaw, I think, is one that. To be fair, a lot of games of this period fell into. It seems like generally, and not even them entirely, but generally LucasArts did a good job of not falling into this trap. But a lot of uh, point-and-click games at this of this time, a major flaw they did was, especially at the beginning of the game, they would open up way too many areas to explore at once. Mm-hmm. And it just you're like just lost. Because like here, you start the game and there are like, Ten or t- there's like ten places that you can go to, each of which have multiple wow. screens. Each screen has maybe not all screens, but most screens have multiple characters. So it's just like fucking overload. I'm like, what am I supposed to do? I guess I just have to walk from place to place, talk to every single person, and then kind of get my you know just to get my bearings, and then try to figure out what's going on. So this suffers from that. Um, also, that like I said, there's there's no indication of what objects in the environment, what's important, what you, what you can click on. Uh, I have I, there's another example of that I want to show you guys in just a second. Um, but okay, so uh, along with having too much to explore, like right off the bat, there are way too many dialogue <laughs> options. There is there was a time. I was having a conversation with somebody, and I had 22 dialogue options. What? What? For one sentence? For one, like... for one person. It's like, what do you want to ask him about next? There are 22 things I could choose from. Mo- oh my there were many God. times where I had 15 to 20 things to choose from. See, that's where I'd stop playing. <laughs> yeah, and, no way. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes, sometimes you have to click the same dialogue option multiple times. One time I had to click the same dialogue option six times in a row to get the correct information from this person. See, once again, I mean, it's like maybe you just didn't understand how detectives work because naturally (laughs) they ask an excessive amount of questions and they look in this random ass part of sand. On, on this beach, like that is true. That's Sherlock true. Holmes might be <laughs> a, a decent detective, but he's not looking in the sand, dude. He'd never catch the voodoo murderer. Like, come on. <laughs> you mean the, the voodoo murderer? <laughs> okay, is there any like? Is there a point at which this guy sounds like Nigel Thornberry? Oh please, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I would play this game just to hear that. <laughs> the voodoo murders. The the part of the the walk <laughs> the walk the walkthrough I was reading for this one part says ask Doctor John about voodoo. So these are the dialogue options that you're supposed to, <laughs> supposed to pick: voodoo, current voodoo two times, historical voodoo five times, Marie Laveau six times. What about double voodoo? No double voodoo. Uh, mm. So then. 
classic. So that's another problem. Way too fucking many dialogue options, and then having to click the same one many times in a row in some cases. Then you have this problem where simply learning about something from talking to somebody, or in some cases just looking at something, opens a new dialogue with an entirely different character in an entirely different part of the game. But you don't know that until you just happen to go back and talk to that person again at some point. And you might not even realize, oh, this person had, you know, this person's related. It's like, oh, now I learned about this thing or saw that. I'm going to go talk to fucking my, the person who works at the store. And now I can, now I can ask him about this or that. And that, and that's, you know, key to progressing in the game. There is. I love. I love hearing these. This so games like these, it always makes me wonder. Like, how did people ever figure that? <laughs> I uh, think it's a it's a combination of they just didn't for the most part, and they <laughs> called the hint hotlines and paid like three dollars a minute or whatever it is to uh to figure out how to do it. I would love these hint hotlines to have the same like culture around gaming as we do now. They pay three bucks, they call them, and they're like, how do you, like, what do I click? And they're like, fucking get good, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) I hope somebody got cussed at for telling them that they have to click this area of sand. Right? Yeah, they're like, what fucking grain of sand am I supposed to click? (laughs) So... This this seriously sounds like a get good of of point and click adventure games, <laughs> which I never thought was a thing. Yeah, I never. I guess I didn't even really realize it either. There's often no direction on what you're supposed to be doing. Uh, like you might just for a lot of the game, you're just wandering around talking to people and, and fucking looking at things. Um, because it's like you might know like sometimes okay, I need to be finding out about this, but like you don't know how, so you just randomly talk to people until something happens. Sometimes you don't even really know what you're supposed to be doing. The story is also not great. This is this is what I was surprised by because everything I had read led me to believe like oh the story is so good. It's like it's really serious and it's you know blah 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 and it's just like an awesome story. No, nah, the story isn't really good. Yeah, it's it's a lot more serious than many games of this time were. Uh, so it's like definitely not for kids, but uh, it's it's uh, so that, I guess that is kind of what made it stand out. But it's not a good story. The 99% of the whole game is you just figuring out what the fuck is going on and learning about voodoo history in the meantime. It's uh, hmm. really not that good of a story. Uh, there are no, there's like maybe, maybe one or two interesting characters. I don't even know. I don't even have anybody in mind specifically. I'm just trying to give the game the benefit of the doubt there. You're, the main character kind of sucks. He's just kind of, he's kind of boring <laughs> and like, he's kind of fucking like annoying as well. He's like constantly, he's like constantly hitting on the girl that, that works at the books, the bookstore that he owns, which is kind of weird. Uh, and then, and also kind of, this kind of ties back into the game opening up like way too much at the start. Very rarely do you unlock new kind of places to go or new stuff to see. Like you do a few times, but not that often until very, very, very late in the game. Uh, so like while you're doing all this and while you're progressing, you're not really getting rewarded in any way. Again, I always use LucasArts games as, as kind of like the counterpoint because they did most of this stuff very good. In many of those games, you progress and then you like open up a new area that you can go explore or you get to a new entire 
you know, place that, that where, you know, the, the gameplay kind of shifts to, you know, from one island to this island, or you go to a different country or something, or you just even open up like a new little, like, house that you can go into or something like that. This has very, very little of that. So, again, you're just not rewarded for progressing for most of the game. It's just like, oh, now I found about this. I found out this random fucking fact about voodoo. Now I can go ask people about that until I learn something else that I can go ask people about. It's uh, it's pretty shitty. And then, <laughs> like, I just don't know what to say. Like, this game is bad. Uh, so, so like, just to kind of sum it up, and I'm going to be pulling up this other picture while I'm doing this. With all these things in mind, like, if you, like, just kind of take a step back and think about it. The game basically wants you to just walk amongst dozens of areas clicking look at on every square inch of scenery and then doing the same thing, but using pickup on every square inch of scenery in case look at wasn't what you needed. Then exhausting every fucking dialogue option multiple times with every character you come across. And then after you do all that, maybe you've unlocked some important dialogue option with somebody somewhere or so that way you can go back through the game and start talking to every single character once again to see what new dialogue options have opened up. That's so exciting, though. You remember when we were talking about how Commander Keen was great because it's difficult and it gives <laughs> yeah. those hours of replayability? <laughs> yep. It's like this is like exactly the same thing, but in a much more frustrating way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, golly, like some of the like this game. I don't know why. Like again, I get that. So this this game like had a lot darker tone and a lot more serious tone than than point and click adventure games of the time. I can see why that made it stand out, but I don't know why anybody. I genuinely don't know why people thought this was such a good game even back in the day. Damn. So I guess you still don't like Sierra. I still don't like Sierra. So I, why? Uh, just a randomly like a random aside. Why don't you like Sierra so much? Is it just something that they do at their games? I mean. They make uh, freaking point and click adventures for real human beings, apparently. I guess they not babies because (laughs) because this is just one. This is just one of the most extreme examples of basically all of their games. Awesome! Yeah, (laughs) I'm so happy with that. (laughs) All right, I got a new picture for you guys, as you can see, and this one. I'll go ahead and tell you, it's the look at button that you have to use. And you have to look at something that, op- that again, opens up a dialogue op- option with some other character. But you don't even know that, you know, of course, because until you go back and talk to the person, until you happen to have looked at this thing. So, all right. So there's some obvious stuff here that you might look at. You might look at the bed or the window or any of the stuff around, like the the mirrors and the chest and all. Uh, any other ideas on what you might click look at on on this screen? Is it you, the secret, the whole time? No, you do click on yourself. <laughs> nope. The murder is you. You never knew, right? <laughs> so crazy. Is it the lion head stonework? Uh, very close, but no. Fuck. It's always like right below it. <laughs> uh, it is right below it. No way. You see that little like scribbly stuff yeah. between the door and the lion head? I hate this game. <laughs> <laughs> This game's so fucking stupid. It looks just like little notches, like that's how the door yeah. is put together, right? But or writing or something, yeah. Well, it is writing. Oh, okay. 
And that's what you have to click on. And then after you see that, then the next time you talk to this character that's one screen over, then you can ask her about it. And that's and that advances the game. You look like a Napoleon Dynamite in that outfit. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> it does. <laughs> that's amazing. So I do have a couple more questions for you before we, <laughs> we move on, or I guess before you shit on this game more. <laughs> um, so when you typically go back and you, you play these point-and-click adventure games and stuff, or you guys just play classic games, um, do you guys generally play the the oldest version, like the first version, or do you ever play like the, the newer versions of them? Because like this game specifically has like a 20th anniversary remaster mm-hmm. that they did in 2014, right. I guess. Usually, it, it kind of depends. Um, usually, I play the original version. Yeah, same. It depends. But, uh, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. There are cases where I play the new one, like, especially if it's a game that I've already played before and a new version came out, then I'll buy the new version just to play it. And then there are, you know, this one doesn't even really count because it's an entirely different game. But, like, for instance, well, it's not even almost worth mentioning, but, like, Final Fantasy VII Remake, that's an entirely different game. Even to the point where it doesn't even count as class as a classic game, but I'll probably play it for the podcast anyway, just because it's kind of you know it's very strongly related. Uh, yeah, just to see the the what am I even thinking of? It doesn't matter. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, usually I'll play the usually I'll play the original. Okay, that's really interesting. Like when when you actually like pulled up these pictures, I was surprised to see that you were playing the original. I'm kind of wondering if like the the little things like the nonsense that you have to click on are a little bit easier in the oh, 20th the, anniversary edition. That's interesting. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, maybe so. I don't know. <laughs> maybe they actually like they're like we put in quality of life changes and it's like they're actually objects in the environment to click on, not just like sand. Yeah. I do have one last question for you for because it. I forgot to ask this on the last podcast. What do you think of like the state of point and click adventure games now? And I, I should just say adventure games in general because they're not necessarily point and click anymore. So like uh, The Walking Dead or they remade King's Quest. What do you think of those? Oh, right. Well, I thought the Walking Dead games were awesome. I loved those. Um, so as far as those types of, you know, like you said, kind of point-and-click adventure games, I really like a lot of them. Uh, I like them for different reasons, though. Like The Walking Dead and The Wolf Among Us, I thought, were both really good. And uh, but, it, but it wasn't because, like, in those games, there's very little puzzle solving. And what there is is very light puzzle solving. But... So I kind of play those games for an entirely different reason. I like the, uh, what I really like about those, and, it's, and Walking Dead was kind of the master of this, was it puts you in a really difficult situation, and it's like, boom, you got to make a decision right now. And uh, I really like that about it, like, ha- like kind of having to put myself in this character's shoes and decide what I would do in that situation. And not only that, but you have three seconds to choose because, you know, like somebody's getting killed on this end, somebody's getting killed over here, you got to save one of them, what do you do? Like stuff like that. Um, so I really like those. Now there are kind of classic style point and click adventure games still being made. Mm -hmm. And I don't play a ton of them, but I do play some from time to time. And some of them are really pretty good. There's a company called, uh, there's a developer called, uh, Wadget Eye and they make a lot of, uh, classic styled point and click adventure games. And they are, they, you know, for me, they don't live up to fucking like LucasArts because those they those were like 
they were like the masters of point and click adventure games, but there's, they still do a really good job. Uh, they make really good games. There's also a new one called, uh, Oh, let me see. It's called Gibbous, a Cthulhu adventure. Uh, I'll link you to it. And it's, it's, it is a classic style point and click adventure game. It is. It doesn't have like classic graphics. Like a lot of the Wadget Eye games, for instance, they're even made like with pixel graphics, so they even look similar to the old games. They do a good job. This one I haven't played, but I'd really like to. It's supposed to be really good. Uh, so there are like smaller studios. There's almost kind of a little bit of a like a resurgence in some way. Like the genre is definitely not popular, and certainly not popular as it used to be. But there are a few uh, like indie studios making games like this still, and there are some that are really doing a really good job. Have you played uh, Thimbleweed Park? Yes. How does that like? How do, how does that? How is that held up to like older um, adventure games, point and clicks? That is out of out of all of the newer ones that I've played. That one is probably the truest to the older ones, um, to to the good old ones. And it makes sense because that's made by the guy who worked on the Monkey Island games and, and, and a lot of these mm-hmm. old LucasArts games. Uh, that game itself, I thought, was a pretty good point-and-click adventure game. It wasn't fantastic, but it was good. Uh, but it was also, that one was definitely the truest to the style. Okay. I ha- I had to get some of these questions out of the way because it's, like you said, it's not a super popular genre so it's like it's rare to come across somebody who actually like really loves uh point and click adventure games so it's like i gotta get all these questions out of my system (laughs) i mean i'll talk about adventure games point and click adventure games all all fucking day i like this was what i played when i was little like i used to fucking love these games uh so and i you know even the the ones that I, i still love them the the you know the the newer ones that are being made i still don't play a ton of those and i'm not really even sure why but uh, so I there I really don't play as many as I should. I, I'd like to play more. I just don't know why I haven't gotten around to most of them. But uh, I still love them. And like I said, there are some that are really doing a good job. But it was really the the old ones that I just kind of grew up with. So I have a, a lot of like nostalgia for those. Nice, nice. Okay, you answered all my questions. I'm gonna stop grilling you now. Feel I, to well, let's grill stop you then. Grilling. In that case, Vaughn, why don't you go next? So for me, I'm just replaying a game that I've already played like 40 times, I guess. I didn't really branch out with the classic games. I thought about like checking something else out, but there was a week and I was like, I don't know how much I'll actually be able to play of this. So let's just see what happens. So I ended up just going back and playing Psychonauts. I, <laughs> yeah, oh, nice. I, I bought the uh, the limited like collector's edition that limited run did not too long ago. So I had I needed to like start replaying it anyway. So I hopped back into to Psychonauts and I did basically, I mean, I guess the opposite of what you do normally because I actually played the PS4 like up-res version. Oh, okay. Um, that's mostly just because I don't have it on PS2. It's actually remarkably hard to find. Like on P. oh my God, I love how nice. you posted that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I hate you, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> Just every conversation you have in this Discord now is going to have that. I'm going to make awesome. this the Discord icon. Nice. Just the butt. Yeah. Just it's, the butt. Yeah. Just zoom in. <laughs> <laughs> that shadow, that's what I want is the icon. <laughs> shadow between the cheeks. Mm. The shadow, <laughs> and then have the, the classic gaming, like the little spaceship just coming out of the butt. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm working on this. <laughs> 
You got your new logo, dude. Josh is a Josh is a logo mastermind. Yeah, how much do we owe you for that? I don't know. This one's for free. <laughs> On the house, perfect. Yeah, I give so, him a taste. Oh, <laughs> yeah, Josh is using this as a marketing opportunity. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm playing Psychonauts a bunch again. Uh, there's so much that I love about it. Returning to it gives me that really nostalgic feeling just because I played this game a shitload when I was a kid. This is probably the game I played the most before I really got into games, which is a little... I mean, that huh. and hacking the power of Juju. So, you know, wow. that old classic. It's <laughs> freaking garbage. Um, so... I, I still love so much about this game. Uh, I love that the startup menu is just a brain with like two doors on it, one to start new and one to to actually load up your saves. I think that's one of the most like unique and interesting start menus that I've seen in a long time. And I still don't think it happens all that often nowadays. Uh, I, I love these character designs that are just honestly the most disgusting things I've ever yeah. seen, and they still are. Like Dogen is kind of cute. He's like this little kind of like shrimpy kid with his like tin foil hat on and everything so that he doesn't accidentally light people on fire. But then <laughs> there's somebody like Billy who I feel like is the reason that people hate gingers because he's the most disgusting <laughs> thing I've seen in my entire life. <laughs> he's so gross and he's such a dickhead. Um, I love the like 70s spy aesthetic. Uh, mm -hmm. that, that like harkens back to that you've got all these turtlenecks and these kind of stupid glasses and uh, <laughs> these like really odd floral dresses i love that it basically all of it is like kind of a it's taking like it's taking pointers from all of this older like spy stuff that you'd seen in the past because now spy stuff is like i, I don't want to say it doesn't really exist but it's more action oriented versus this is more espionage which it makes sense um the attack animations are still one of my favorites. Oh, he fucking did it. <laughs> Discord thing. Nice. <laughs> That's awesome. That's committing to a bit right there. <laughs> I still love the attack animations, how it's these gigantic, like, orange fists, these psychic fists that come out when you try to attack. That's... Oh, I, I, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, when you attack and when you like when you double jump, there's like a psychic uh, like a ball of psychic energy that pops up. I've always found that really interesting just cuz it's like a nice little splash of color even though this is like it's extremely colorful already, so it didn't need that, but it's a nice contrast between the greens. It's like orange. It's probably one of the only times that orange is really heavily featured um outside of I think like the one spy's mind and her it's literally just like a drug trip in orgy, which is a little, um, perfect. It, yeah. The best. It's exactly what I want in my children's video games. <laughs> orgy world. I don't they know why that's not one day. Kingdom Hearts, if I'm being honest, like where's the orgy world? Um, in Kingdom Hearts? Yeah. That would, uh, I couldn't come up with a good joke. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uncle Mickey does not approve. Yeah, I imagine it'd be hard to get that one across the Disney like execs. There's yeah, sometimes like, they're not down with that with orgies. <laughs> I know you guys want us to just do Frozen, like, but in here. But how about instead, it's a Frozen orgy, and then they're like, mm, what "I like what you're saying, but like, <laughs> let's just not do that, and instead do Frozen." Okay. Nice compromise. <laughs> Sex sells, dude. You know. That's um, true. 
if you guys are going to play this and you play it on PS4, it honestly looks really, really good. The the stuff that they up-resed, it looks fantastic. In comparison to the... the so, everything in gameplay actually is up-resed, but when you get to cutscenes, they're just the same PS2 cutscenes. Oh, really? So, yeah, so... The, <laughs> They still look decent enough, but they're so no, ugly they do not. at times. No, they they're do not. not they're not great. <laughs> That's why I said decent. Like I'm just no. I'm just sucking Psychonauts' no. dick right now. <laughs> so I just pulled up a I just pulled up a video of this so I can see what it looks like. So they didn't really like they they really did just upres it. They didn't like redo the graphics or anything. It's just kind of like everything is the same if I remember correctly, but just like sharper basically. Yeah, yeah, okay. for the most part. It just looks a little bit better. Yeah. They, they're, they're, yeah, it's not giving it the Final Fantasy VII remake treatment <laughs> no. or like Shadow of the Colossus kind of a thing. Like, right. no, it, it looks the same for the most part, especially mm. in the cutscenes, because it is. Um, <laughs> I Going back to like the characters, Dogen is probably one of my favorite characters in general. He's the like short, yeah, no. scrawny kid with the tinfoil hat. I love that when you first meet him, he's like super meek and you talk to him and he's talking to squirrels and he's like no i'm not gonna do that why would i do that and he's like nothing these squirrels you're like what's up dogan he's like uh these like no no big deal he's like just talking to squirrels or whatever and they're like trying to get him to like murder everyone and then they're like okay and you walk away from him like he's crazy because he's talking to squirrels and when you start to walk away from him it goes back into kind of a cutscene, and you turn around and all the squirrels are gone. And then you turn around to walk away and they fall from the sky because they're all fucking dead. <laughs> <laughs> There's just so much of this, like in this Psychonauts world that I forgot was so hilarious and stupid. And uh, revisiting it is really, really nice. It's all about the milkman. Yeah. Yeah. The super creepy milkman. Um, I still love that the the aesthetic of the doors you use to open people's minds and enter them. That's so weird and interesting. I mean, not a lot of games feature like you going into a person's mind. The only one that comes to mind, honestly, is like, remember me. But <laughs> other than that, I would say that Psychonauts is like the most interesting way to actually approach that subject. Um yeah, I've got on here the the cutscenes are still PS2 quality, which I find hilarious. <laughs> uh still the camera controls the their PS2 quality. So the camera mm -hmm. is fucking horrendous and I hate it more than I've hated anything in my life. Wow. And yeah, that's that's mostly I mean, not as much as I hate Billy because I am a redhead and he made everyone hate redheads, but you know. <laughs> um other than that, I mean, I I only played a couple hours of Psychonauts again because I, I don't know. I've been feeling weird about video games recently. No. I'm just like waiting. Uh -oh. to, no, I'm just waiting to assemble this gaming PC. Okay. Oh, okay. Like that's my deal. I'm not going to like hop out of video games after I make a thousand dollar PC, but I've just felt like uncomfortable and can't find anything that really grabs me like last time. Okay. So this actually happens to be quite often last time after we recorded, uh, Robert, you hit me up and you were like, hey, you're talking about playing Final Fantasy 14. All right. We should play together. And I was like, yeah, that sounds great. And then literally that day I was like, I don't think I want to play this game anymore. <laughs> 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 Coincidentally, Damn. like right when you messaged me was the day that I had decided that I didn't want to play it. It is just like it randomly happens where I'm like, I have so many games. 
but I just don't want to play any of them. Yep. Instead, I want to play New World, which is an MMO coming out in like three months. That, if I'm being honest, that's probably the reason I'm building a PC is just so that I can play <laughs> that game. But whatever, I'm just gonna spend a thousand dollars to play a sixty dollar game. No big deal. Um, but yeah. Works. Hopping back into Psychonauts, great adventure. I really, really love it. I'd recommend everyone play that game because it's just fantastic. Um, yeah, yeah, that's all I have to say about it. Cannot I... wait for two. Oh my god, yeah, dude, Psychonauts two. I'm so stoked for. Um, I actually like. So we're doing that. Uh, that like I forget what it's actually called, but I'm doing a kind of like fantasy video game league with like, a bunch of other people mm -hmm. on the internet. And I was the one who picked Psychonauts 2, and I'm like, ah, oh, cross my fingers for this game and for myself that it's good. I just hope it's good. <laughs> I, played... I still haven't played Rhombus of Ruin, though. No. What's that? It's the VR game that they made for Psychonauts. Oh, really? That's cool. Yeah. That fits Psycho perfectly with just... Psychonauts. Yeah, I, I think it's just uh, Psychonauts and the Rhombus of Ruin or something like that. Mm-hmm. I played this, uh, I haven't played this much, but I did play it, I got a few hours in, like, a while back, a couple years ago, and then I had to stop, because, like, for some reason, the version I had kept crashing, like, I had the Steam version, and it just kept crashing on me for some reason, but, that uh, sucks. it was, a. Uh, it's a, I really like the, this game has a lot of charm to it, like, you were saying, like, the kid, like, no, no, I'm not gonna do that, <laughs> like, talking to the squirrels and stuff like that, it's got a lot, yeah. a lot of little funny things like that. It's definitely got that old school double fine humor. Yeah. Yeah, like, the... Literally, the worst trait for a spy would be that you could easily root him out. And then this master, like this master spy on Psychonauts, is just like, Yeah, you wiggle a piece of bacon next to your ear, and I'll pop out of your fucking head. That's how much I want bacon. <laughs> it's like, Okay, that's so weird. Yeah, I, I, this is what's like made me love Double Fine, and I'm, I'm so excited. I, I mean, it kind of sucks that they were purchased by Microsoft so that like all of their games are gonna. No, nah, I'm cool with it. It's going to be on Game Pass. Well, yeah, exactly. I was going to say, but now I'm going to have a nice PC, so I can just play it on PC. It doesn't matter. See? Doesn't matter. It all works out. Yeah, I'm going to have to go back and give this one another shot sometime. I'd really like to go back and play it some more. I absolutely game. would. It's it's really, really good. It's one of my favorite games of all time, even though, if I'm being honest, it's, it's probably not as good as most games, but it's I still enjoy it a lot. <laughs> cool. All right, uh, Jay, what you been up to? Um, so I have been playing something I talked about uh, the last couple episodes. Um, something that actually was quite nostalgic. Uh, most of the games that I've played recently for the podcast, I have either played within the last few years or it's something that I hadn't necessarily played before. So I didn't have too much nostalgia going into it. Uh, but this game is a little bit different for me because it's been a while since I played a game that had a lot of those moments where I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about this or, um, you know, I forgot about this component of it. Um, so for this episode of the podcast, I played the Star Wars game I mentioned to you before, Robert, oh, which is Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. This is this is one of those games that they made to help promote the movie because uh, okay. it came out, I believe, around the same time or maybe just after the movie came out. Um, so originally, I played on the PC version, um, but this time I played on the PlayStation version because the PC version is apparently very hard to get working. Talking about getting old games to be set up. They, nobody sells it. Like, it's not on Steam or GOG or anything. Okay. So, basically, you have to download and do all these modifications to uh, the files in order to get it to work, depending on what OS you're running and a couple other uh, variables that go into it. So, uh, that was a little bit interesting, but uh, wasn't too bad overall. 
So I played the PlayStation version, and I remember this game being very difficult and very frustrating, uh, but I remember enjoying it as as a kid. And I couldn't have been further off in multiple times. So <laughs> this game is is literally just a promotion piece for the movie. There was uh, there was nothing creative about it because essentially the the so I'll, I'll start with the what, good what, what kind of what kind of ga- like what kind of game is it? It's just basically uh, it's like a top down RPG. It's, an it's, RPG. It's, it's an action RPG. Yeah, action and RPG. Okay. Yeah. So the graphics are is, is a two thousand one two thousand type game. Uh, graphics are pretty atrocious very boxy it's kind of hard to tell what's going on a lot of times and you your abilities like the abilities to move around and to jump are very horrendous they're they're they have a really odd delay to them and the jump has some of the worst physics i've seen in a long time because whatever reason they decided to do as many jumping puzzles as possible throughout the game but the height of your jump doesn't make sense so you don't know when you're at the height of your jump so you, so visually, you might be someplace, but you're actually already past the peak of your jump, even though you're still kind of going up. So you won't clip the ledge, and you'll just kind of fall, and you have to oh go back around. And the yeah, so the main controls are tank controls. So you, there's no strafing. Uh, so you basically, anytime you want to jump, like let's say you wanted to get up on an object and then jump onto a ledge, you would have to after you miss, turn around, walk forward all the way to the object again, jump on top of it, and then turn around again, 180 degrees, in order to face the the puzzle again. And every time you fall, you have to do this. Holy and fuck! This is brutal. It is absolutely brutal. And the, for whatever reason, like I said, they like to do a lot of jumping puzzles, a lot of jumping puzzles, and a lot of press the button and run over to the door before it closes type thing. Oh, and no. with these kind of controls in mind, it is fucking atrocious. It is just so frustrating to deal with because. It, so one thing about uh, that I learned throughout this game is you will constantly learn that there are new controls that you didn't realize you even had the ability to <laughs> do so, such as run. I didn't know you could run until almost <laughs> halfway through the game. And I had been playing this game for, I don't know, six, seven hours at this point, if I counted all my yeah. deaths. And yeah, it, it was just brutal. And when I learned it, because I was like, there's no way to do this puzzle. Like, you cannot beat the door before it closes i'm like what the fuck what am i doing wrong i'm like i'm not stupid and then i went and watched a youtube video and this guy like all of a sudden just starts sprinting and i'm like you can sprint you can run uh and, and then, what like, car- hold on, learn- sorry sorry to interrupt but what character you play do you play as uh you play as qui-gon Jin throughout okay. the entire thing okay um yeah which is a little disappointing i was hoping you'd kind of change characters at some point because that would be a little bit more interesting uh-huh. but um now you play as qui-gon Jin. um and obviously you have the here you have a lightsaber which is really weird and the mechanics of it are fucking bizarre so you can deflect shots some of the time so you can just kind of stand there like an idiot swinging your lightsaber like a baseball bat and just hoping that you hit some of the lasers back and even some of the <laughs> even the times it's so like there's kind of a cooldown. there's like an internal cooldown on it so if two shots hit you once you can only reflect one of them and then there's like a very short cooldown. so if two bullet or two shots hit you maybe like with that 0.25 delay or something the second one will hit you because you can't deflect the second shot yet so there's like really weird mechanics that aren't consistent with it and then even when you do deflect them they just go off into africa and you can't even like basically aim where it's going to go so you're just standing there like an idiot losing health and hoping that something's going to fire back at, at, at the druid which yeah. is just brutal I'm watching a, a clip of someone play of that exact like experience. And it yeah. looks awful. <laughs> it is awful. So the next ability you have is you have the force. You can push things down, uh, which is like a hard crowd control, and then you can just beat them to death with your baseball bat. 
Um, the, it has a really strong cooldown, which is nice. So you can like chain do it, but sometimes it doesn't work. Like if I'm standing in front of you and I push you, sometimes the mechanic thinks that you're too far forward and it considers the monster to be behind you, I guess. And you just miss. And it's like, dude, the thing's literally right in front of me shooting me and I'm throwing the force up and it just whips. <laughs> so mechanics really bad. Um, and then you can pick up different weapons. So you can get different types of guns, which are okay. They're very hard to aim. Because the camera angle is generally like this angled top-down view. And it's so zoomed in that you can't really see much of the area. So if you're in a room, you probably can't see the entire room without moving around. Because the camera angle is that fixated and that zoomed in. Oh, so yeah. when you're trying to use guns, generally you're shooting things that are way off screen. Because <laughs> otherwise, if they're on screen, you might as well hit them with your lightsaber. <laughs> So it's the guns are brutal. They have limited ammo, and generally you take more damage than it's worth because you might as well just try to run at them with your lightsaber and force push them over and then beat them to death, which is just atrocious. And I forgot to mention this. The lightsaber has the dumbest short range I've ever seen. You can be a foot and a half away from the monster, and, or the monster, the droid, and start swinging, and nope, you're not going to hit him. But if you move a half a foot forward, you got him every time. Like, no, no worries. Like, it, it is the dumbest range. Like, you think you're in range visually, but you're not. And then you move closer, and then they start running away from you, and then you swing again. And by the way, when you start swinging, you become stationary, or at least slowed. So if they take off running, you're just swinging a baseball bat at this thing that's literally running away from you, and you can't hit because it's out of range at this point. I love the idea that Holy this shit. game is like an optical illusion that you had no idea it was. <laughs> right? You can't uh, see anything. The things you do see aren't actually in the spots where it looks like. <laughs> we'll do an intermission and talk about the good parts of this game. So okay. the good parts are they literally copy-pasted the music, sound effects, and the voice acting from, it sounds like the movie, and put the files into the game. That is the most redeeming quality about it because the graphics are dog do, but then you all of a sudden the voice acting comes on. And you're like, that's pretty good actually. That's how a lot I mean, of that's how a lot of Star Wars games historically have been. Like the music and the sound effects are just yeah. taken straight from the movies and are really really good most of the time. And that's the only good thing. So literally, the thing that they probably stole is the <laughs> only good part of it. They didn't they didn't actually uh, really try to do anything with it. Uh, so I learned some more moves throughout the game. I learned you can side roll, but I actually don't know how to do it i can't really repeat it all the time <laughs> you learned so just uh, enough that's to fun you. yeah so that's kind of the gameplay the gameplay is atrocious it's very easy to just get destroyed so and speaking of destroyed destroyer droids are ridiculous in this game mm. they roll up they open up and they put up their shield and they kill you with like five seconds of firing on you and even if you're deflecting you're only going to deflect like one every five shots so you just get decimated <laughs> it's hilarious seconds. that deflecting is so bad Oh, it's brutal. It's just a. Tr it's just so bad. Uh, so that happens, and then th what's so funny is this game just kind of drops you into it. There's no explanation or or any sort of curve to it. You're basically in this room. It starts filling a poison gas. You go outside, and there's just a shit ton of droids, and they just unload on you. And you're like, oh, okay, I lived. I have like twenty percent health, but I lived. And then you go in the next room, and you get a full health pack, and you're like, nice. And then you go into the next room, and you fight the droids. And you're like, shit, I'm down to thirty percent again. Aren't they going to give me another full heal? Well, yeah, they do. You just have to know that you have to follow the droid that doesn't even show up on your screen. You have to follow him and protect him. And if you protect him long enough, he ends up opening the door that you can't otherwise get through and get the full health. So it's an so it's escort those... mission, but you don't even know that it's an escort exactly. mission. Exactly. <laughs> and there's no, there's no like, hey, by the way, you might want to help that droid out. It's right. just like he rolls by, and if you ignore him or you, if he dies, you just negate yourself from getting the health. Holy which is... shit. Yeah, and then it doesn't tell you about the buttons. So you're like running around pressing the use command, and you finally figure out that oh, those are buttons. 
And then they give you uh, thermal detonators and some guns and stuff. Thermal detonators are dog shit. Generally, you end up hurting yourself with them. Um, <laughs> gun, you know, like I talked about, it is kind of dog do. Um, and so that's kind of the first level. It's just open a door, fight a bunch of droids, and then you rinse and repeat. Towards the end, they start doing some of these really stupid puzzles that aren't puzzles at all. It's like, hey, go over and hit this button, and you do it, and this door opens, and then you run through that door. Hey, hit button B, you hit button B. Hey, the new door opens, you run that way, you hit C. Oh, the door behind you? it closed and it's moving to another area and then it opens and then you push a button and then the puzzle's over. There's not really any thought to it. It's just like run here, click on this, run here, click on this back and forth. There's, there's not really any difficulty and it's really hard to screw up. So that's the first level and the game only gets worse from there. That is not the worst level, but it was just really difficult and it's very easy to fall out of bounds. The jump, uh, like I talked about before, the physics of the jump are kind of wonky. So especially in the last part, you're kind of in these elevated cages above uh, like a hangar. And if you jump in the wrong spot, you will literally just fall to your death. And I did it <laughs> numerous times without even trying. It, it's like insane because when you're fighting, jumping can be good because you can avoid getting shot. So I'm jumping as I'm running around and I just like fall out of the stage. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Like I'm just dead again. All right, that's great. And then there's this scene where a big ship blows up and you walk by it. And if you jump at the wrong time, you just die. Because apparently you're out of bounds, but you're in bounds. I don't, it, it has no, no sense to it. Um, um, sorry, go ahead. go ahead. I thought you were done. You go ahead. No, no, you're good. Go for it. Uh, I have two questions. One is, what are, where do the RPG elements, what are the RPG elements that it has? Um, so you can, when you talk to people, you have different interactions you can have with them. So if you, so uh, throughout the game, you'll, talk, you'll interact with different people. Unfortunately, it's Jar Jar Binks. Uh, is one of the key ones that I interact with <laughs> in the first couple levels because his dialogue is just awful. And actually, all the Gungans have Wait, just so it's awful not like dialogue. RPG stats and leveling and stuff? No, not to that extent, no. Um, but essentially, no, when. 20 dialogue choices? <laughs> no, not <laughs> that many. Yeah, they click the same one six oh, times in a row. Oh, stop. It, the dialogue with him is, is awful, but it's funny because the other Gungans are even worse. They, they don't oh, even no. sound like Gungans. It sounds like some guy in Discord trying to imitate. A like, I, don't know, I don't know what they were thinking but it's like so bad it, it, it's just so the second level um you're moving through the swamps of naboo it's not that bad just a bunch of stupid jumping puzzles it's extremely long it, it's like 30 or 40 minutes if you actually like explore throughout it and if you die like considering the amount of time you have to spend dying and uh resing yourself back and stuff but the second level is just brutal it's super long and when i finally beat it, i was like oh thank god <laughs> and then you get to the gungan city and i could not have been happier to play any other level except for this level they don't tell you anything you just kind of walk in and there's trial going on for jar jar unfortunately he gets away and you can hit him and if you hit him then everybody in the city hates you and they'll kill you throughout the entire level and yeah. it's just stupid like there it's crazy you go up to talk to him and if you like accidentally touch any of the gungans well then you're just evil for the rest of the level and it's a very it's a <laughs> long level of just working through the city and then as you're going through it, you're supposed to go help Jar Jar because I guess he's going to be executed. Uh, so you're, you're making your way down to the prison cell. And then there's just a point where there's a guard, there's two guards and they're just standing in the way. And it took me like 15 minutes to realize you're supposed to attack them, I guess, which is really weird. And it kind of threw me off because, you know, they're Gungans and stuff. So yeah. I wandered around for a while, couldn't figure anything out, ended up killing them, which was not that bad. But then... The rest of the level is just you kind of rinse and repeating that. You're just killing guards and doing these stupid jumping puzzles. And then some of the Gungans start getting um, Gungan energy balls, and they do a shit ton of damage. And so you walk into a room, and before balls. you even realize they're there, they'll hit you. 
What'd you say? Is it Gungan Energy Balls? Isn't that what they're called? I mean, you tell me. I don't. Oh, like, know. I've never heard. Of they, have balls. they show them in the movies too. Like the thing yeah, they throw. They ever oh oh the little they're kind of like. In the first movie. <laughs> okay, I know what you're talking about now. Uh, they're kind of like okay. little grenades, sort of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do like EMP. I don't know what those are called, but yeah, I know what you're talking about. You also really have to enjoy the fact that like this is supposed to be a movie tie-in, and in the movie they leave like this city on good terms, but yeah, in the within game, like three minutes, massacring them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and maybe there's something you don't know, but I ended up making it to the end, and then unfortunately you have to escort Jar Jar out of there, which is just fucking awful. And he says a bunch of dumb shit, and you have to kill more Gungans, and then the the jumping puzzles in this place were so stupid. So. I already talked about how difficult it is to do them, but then on top of that, in this one, most of the platforms, when you jump on them, start to lower down. So you have to quickly aim your character, again, it's the kind of tank control mechanic, towards the pillar, the next one, and there's this room where there's three of them, and they're kind of in a triangle um, orientation. So you jump on the first one, and it starts lowering, and you have, to pay, you have to quickly turn left, and then jump to the next one, and then that one starts lowering, and you have to quickly turn to the right, jump onto that one, and then again to the left. And the last one is really close to being so, uh, too low to make the jump right off the bat, so you have to be very quick at it. It took me like 20 attempts, and it was just such a stupid, pointless objective. Like, it was so frustrating. Holy shit! What, um, what 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 kind of force powers do you get? I only got the push. That was all Ooh. I got. Uh, so I got <laughs> are there I got, others that you can get? I don't know. I got a little <laughs> over halfway through the game, or at least I I, I got to the the um, Garden of Thede, um, and I stopped playing at this point, like towards the end of it, or like I, I don't even know if it was towards the end of it. The level was so stupidly long; it took me forever to get any progress in it. And the entire thing was just rinse and repeat throughout the entire area. It was fight droids, get really low, get stressed out, and then get to the next area and you get a small health pack and then somehow figure out how to use your 40% health to clear out all these different things. And there's tanks and there's destroyer droids. And it was just like this ridiculous difficulty. And it just got to the point where I was just like, this isn't fun. Like I'm just trying to grind my way through to see if the next level is worse than the Gungan City. So I don't know. It, it got really bad. Uh... So what 10 else? out of 10? 10 out of 10 <laughs> would do again. Um, th- yeah, so what, my biggest complaint with this is just the random difficulty. Sometimes you're just chilling and it's really easy to make your way through a broom or a puzzle. And then other times mm. I'm, I'm quick saving and loading 25 times because there's too many monsters to deal with. Or there's just a jumping puzzle that's so poorly designed that it's... There was one I did where you jumped onto a platform and your camera would get pushed through the ceiling. So you can't even see your character. <laughs> and you have to then aim your camera in a certain direction to jump. And it took me like a bunch of tries because I was like, I can't fucking see my character. Like, how is that? This is intended. I, I promise you it's intended. <laughs> uh, but there was some nostalgia to it for sure. There are certain things uh, I did. It was pretty nostalgic at times, but this game is brutal. I will never play this. Uh, I'll, I don't want to say that. I will probably never play this game again. <laughs> I don't know what the future holds. 30 years from now, you're going to be like, was it really as bad as I, as, yeah. as I thought it was? That <laughs> it was me two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Was it really that bad? Let's find out. Well, shit. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's go to top fives then. Uh, why don't we go? Let's go in reverse order this time. So our top five for this week is... Classic games that have been on your to-playlist the longest. Um, Jay, you want to kick us off with your number five? Sure. Uh, a lot of these probably haven't hit any of my, um, what do you call it? What do we do in January? 
we talk about our stuff we're going to do throughout the year? What's the term? Uh, New Year's gaming resolutions. Thank you. A lot of these aren't going to hit that list um, because they, though they aren't on my resolution list, they're games that I've thought about periodically since we've done the podcast, or at least within the last couple of years, okay. uh, just to I something I want to play at some point. So uh, the first one, and this is something I've been thinking about for like the last year or so, because I played a decent amount of Smash when it came out for the Switch. I wanted to go back and play the GameCube one and try to collect some of the single player trophies because I remember those being, I think they're called events. And I remember that some of those being so frustrating and so ridiculous. I really want to go back and play that along with some of the other mini games, the Target one. A lot, uh, this, I think it's the Sandbag as well. There's like a couple mini games as well that I really want to do. Oh, I forgot about the Sandbag, it. yeah. Yeah, just to see how, if it was actually that difficult. So I've been kind of crazy <laughs> that for, for a minute. I can probably never, playing soon. I can never get the Sandbag to go more than like three inches. I don't know what I was doing. Really? Oh, man. You I was doing something wrong, but I could never get it to move at all. It was so fun. You basically juggled in the air as long as you could and then just fucking overbeat it as hard as you could. Overbeat it? Over B, like over. Oh, oh, I also oh. thought you said overbeat it. I was like, what? <laughs> that worked too. Yeah, really fun game. All right, sweet. Uh, Vaughn, what's your number five classic game that's been in your to playlist the longest? So I do have to admit, when you said let's do this in reverse order, I was like, you're assuming that I remember which order we went in. <laughs> no, don't worry, I got this under control. <laughs> uh, number five on my list is actually Dot Hack Infection. Ooh, nice. um, yeah, I've I've wanted to play the Dot Hack games for the longest time to the point where like I even bought uh, the Dot Hack GU last recode, the like remasters of the GU series that came out on PS4. Uh, within the past couple of years, and I just haven't like I Still haven't really played that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's it's that issue that I talked about earlier. I have all these games, but I don't want to play any of them. Mm-hmm. I just yep. play shitty MMOs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I up that new world MMO. I was just looking at that. Yeah, I pulled it up too. <laughs> yeah, by Amazon Studios. It's supposed yeah. to the uh, combat is inspired by Dark Souls instead of being tab targeting. Oh fuck! I'm gonna I'm suck down. at this game. Nah. I know. I think I'm gonna eat shit at it too, but I'm super stoked for it because I love MMOs, but tab targeting is always gets annoying. So yeah, yeah that's yeah. the worst part about MMOs. Speaking gospel right now. <laughs> yeah, and I mean the the weirdest thing is that we're talking about MMOs when the dot hack games are literally about living in an MMO kind of a thing. Right? But like, it was so cool though. <laughs> I'm just. Uh, I hadn't realized until my adult life how obsessed I am with the idea of living in an MMO because there are just so many like Iskai animes that come out that are based on MMOs that I love so much. Like, and I hate to say it because everyone goofs on you for liking it, but I fucking love Sword Art Online. I get it. It's garbage. I don't care. Like, it's good anyway. I don't care. <laughs> Log Horizon is definitely my favorite anime. That That's just good. Like, everybody should watch it. It's fantastic. You could fight me. Like, literally, I'll, I'll probably get... I'll, I'll lose. Can I box you? I mean, I'll, <laughs> once again, I'll lose, but yes. The winner <laughs> gets Logan box. for $2 million. The other but, day... Uh, oh, sorry. I thought you were done. Go ahead. Oh no, I was just going to say I've wanted to play the Dot Hack games for a long time. This is the the first game that I believe came out. Um so yeah, yeah. I and also the idea that like the Dot Hack series are just game like one large game but for some reason segmented into like three games. I love that. It was I mean it's basically the same concept as like the the um Mass Effect series of like mm. you just continuing that play story through. I thought that was so cool back in the day 
Yeah, and my favorite thing about Dot Hack is the physical copies. Actually, when you line them up, their spines have a have a picture on them yep. that matches between the few of them. It's really cool. I like it a lot. That is cool. I was like You've that. got me wanting to go try out these games now too. Hell yeah, dude! Fuck it, we'll both play Dot Hack. Uh, they're super expensive, so that's yeah. sad. well. The the GU but... one goes on sale like sporadically all the time like it just drops 95 percent off it's like oh yeah it's only five bucks now <laughs> yeah i i have the dot hack do you last recode that one but i really want to play the first series which is infection mutation and something else i can't remember but yeah. apparently the like the fourth one in that series or the third or fourth one the last one in the first series of games sells for like four hundred dollars now. Whoa. Oh, oh man, shit. I gotta see if I still have that game. That shit makes me want to <laughs> fucking kill myself. I hate it so much. I was speaking of MMOs real quick. I was playing <laughs> the other day. I was oh, playing no. Final Fantasy fourteen, and uh, I was playing as the Scholar, which is a healing class. And it's like it's a it's not quite white mage. It's healing class, but you have this fairy that heals. You 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 have heal spells, but you also have this fairy that goes around. And does like light healing just automatically for whoever needs it. And so that way you can do some DPS in the meantime. And then if somebody gets really low, then you can cast, you know, some of your stronger healing spells to heal that person specifically. <laughs> we, were, we were doing this dungeon and we kept dying on like the first mini boss of the dungeon. And I was like healing people, you know, specifically our tank, you know, whenever he got low. So I was like, I don't know what's going on. It's somebody else. It's not my, it's not my fault. <laughs> and then on like the fifth try, I realized that I had never spawned my healing fairy. <laughs> Damn. So, so it was just purely me, and I didn't have like ninety percent of the healing that we were supposed to have. And uh, but I didn't tell anybody that. Which finally, finally, when I when I pulled out my fairy, we beat the boss. I was like, "Yeah, good job, everybody!" Wow. <laughs> Finally learned how to do it. Nice. <laughs> yeah, the tank finally picked it up. Good job, bro. <laughs> what uh, What's your favorite class in Final Fantasy? So there's like the classes and their jobs. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Just which one is your favorite in 14? My favorite is Summoner. That's what I've been doing yeah, the most. Summoner is very fun. Yeah, that's what I've been doing Except the most. That's my favorite. That's like up Artificer is fucking annoying as shit. What is? The, the, pre like the prerequisite to Summoner. Oh, Arcanist? to level it up. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, not Artificer. The the Arcanist is so annoying to level up. It's uh, what's annoying about it? Because this is the only one. I don't have a good point of reference because this is what I've played ninety nine percent um, of the game so far. Oh, okay. So I, it's honestly just a lot of them move around a lot, and it has really long cast times. Okay. So yeah, yeah. I guess. I guess my issue is that I'm used to playing like Archer and Bard who, well, I mean, Bard, I think has actually some different like cast times for when you actually get the job class, but Archer, you move around a lot. And yeah, with yeah. most of like the weapon uh, based combat, like the, the actual like weapon based uh, classes, they move around a lot. Mobility is a good idea. And then, yeah, the Arcanist is like, you just stand still. Yeah, the Arcanist, you pretty much just stand still. And that's and Summoner is basically Arcanist continued. Arcanist splits off into Summoner and Scholar. And uh, yeah. and so that's why I've been doing Scholar some. Uh, and that's fun when I want to do something a little different just besides DPS. But I like uh, yeah. Summoner as DPS because you do so much damage. You, you have like two poison spells that you can like inflict both at the same time. So they're, they're deep, they're... Uh, health is constantly Thoughts. going down, and then you have your summon that's also doing automatic automatic damage for you. So that's three things that's like chipping away at their health 
while you're also casting your own spells. Uh, I so just want to like play it. fucking samurai so bad, but you can't get it until like level fifty, and I don't yeah. think I'm ever gonna get it because I I always like hop off the game right when I get to like level thirty. I I didn't like I played a little bit of samurai and it was just like a fucking overload for me. I'm like I don't know what the hell is going on. This is too complicated. I played yeah. uh red. I've been playing red mage a little bit, and that's kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. I I need to. I literally like I just got back into it and I don't know if I'm going to keep playing it for much longer mm-hmm. Um, just because I'm like, should I keep playing it on here or like I'm going to get it on PC? And <laughs> I believe that I can take my characters over, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Uh-huh. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do, but feel free to go on with your top tens now that we've talked about. MMOs. Oh, yeah. That's right, huh? <laughs> All your right. Top fives. My number five is uh, a game that. Anybody who's watched Angry Video Game Nerd very much has probably seen. And the first time I saw this episode, I was like, I have to play that game sometime. This is Plumbers Don't Wear Ties. Oh, no. <laughs> what the fuck is this game? <laughs> no. Gotta, no, no, no. When you get a chance, look up AVGN Plumbers Don't Wear Ties and just watch his video on it. Because it is it fucking is ridiculous. <laughs> it's a full motion video, like live action game. And <laughs> this looks like porn. It's it basically, it's kind this of like really, porn. really, really soft core porn, sort of. Uh, but it's also just absolutely <laughs> absurd. Um, I don't even remember what the point of the game is. You're this dude like trying to save some girl from her like boss or something like that. I don't even really I don't remember. Even remember. But it's a 3DO game, which is why I haven't played it yet. I am going to get a 3DO at some point primarily just to play this game but uh i haven't yet but ever since i saw that episode i was like i have to play this for myself damn that's yeah weird. that's what i would say too i'd be like man this is so bad i have to play it. it's definitely not that this chick is hot <laughs> of course not gross yeah all right uh, uh on to josh I'll go, yeah. Okay, so my number five, uh, Metroid Prime, the GameCube, like, 3D. Ooh, good. Yeah, so I love Metroid, but I always have just played the 2Ds. Like, I've played the normal Metroid, I've played Metroid Fusion, and I love it. I've never really played any of the 3D Metroid Primes. I've, like, tried it when I went over to Buddy's house and kind of just, you know, shot a few times a couple things killed a few monsters alien things but i've never actually played the games and they're so widely like loved yeah this is why i'm so upset that this metroid prime trilogy has been like it's been such a like oh it's gonna come out it's gonna come out (laughs) never does and i'm like come on guys i want to play this damn game already i've struggled i tried to play in that game so many times yeah so i i really want to but i i definitely don't have the means to until that trilogy comes out so i'm just kind of waiting it out you're telling me you don't want to buy a gamecube and then shell out the money for metroid prime nah i'm good on that <laughs> <laughs> all right are we back to we're, we're on to we're back to you jay right number four yep sounds right okay uh, this is a game I've played before. I don't know. I, I don't believe I talked about it in the podcast extensively, uh, but this is Perfect Dark for the N sixty four. Nice, yeah. very fun game. It's been a it's been a long time. I was torn between this and Jet Force Gemini. Um, oh, game, I love Jet Force. I don't even know what that yeah. is. They're both really fun games, but uh, this one kind of drew me. And I, I've talked about this game for a while. It, it, 
I remember having very, very fond memories of it, and I just kind of want to confirm if that's correct or if it's <laughs> another case. Same so here, just yeah. Nostalgia. yeah. Yeah. Okay, uh, back to Vaughn, I think. Yeah. Number yeah. four. Sorry, I was just looking at pictures of, like, Perfect Dark on here, and I'm like, man, I'm pretty sure this is in Rare pre Replay, and I fucking hated it. Oh, <laughs> oh you didn't like Perfect Dark, you don't think? <laughs> No, I I think I only played like a tiny bit of it. I'm just a bitch. Um, <laughs> sounds, <laughs> so, good. <laughs> sounds good. Sounds <laughs> good. So to prove that I'm just not a real gamer boy, you're about to figure out that I like when I say I didn't play games until like p like late PS2, late Xbox. You're really about to understand that because my number oh, four no. is Final Fantasy VII. I've oh, never dude, played it. That's on my oh, list man. too. <laughs> no way okay yeah so I, I almost actually bought it on ps4 the other day because it's only like i think like six bucks on the from japan like mm. uh sale that they have on right now so i almost bought it but i didn't because i'm i fucking bought temtem and i'm over my 60 dollar cap basically now so <laughs> oh, that's pretty depressing Temtem's right? pretty fun temtem is, is it, pretty fun i've heard good things about it yeah, it's. I mean, if you like Pokemon, you'll probably like exactly. Temtem. If I'm well, being I don't. honest, like, it's. Well, oh, then you probably you, won't. <laughs> don't play fucking Temtem, then I guess. You're like, okay, if your only issue with Pokemon is that you hate that they catch them in balls <laughs> instead of rectangles, then you'll like <laughs> Temtem. Okay, that is the part that always bothered me. There oh, you go, dude. great, solid. You're like, what is the inside of a Pokeball look like? You don't have to worry about that because Temtem, it's just a card. They're literally, it's like they're stuck in the phantom zone. Like, they're, they're just kind of <laughs> fucked until you pull them out. So, there you go. You should play Temtem, then. All right, now I will. Perfect. All right, my number four is a game that, Jay, you and Blake mentioned this a long time ago. Like, maybe the first year of the podcast. And okay. uh, I had, I don't even know if I'd ever heard of it. But when you guys were talking about it, I was like, Holy shit, this game sounds fucking cool, and I really have been wanting to check it out, and I just haven't yet. That is Bushido Blade. Oh, yeah. Um, and I don't know much about it besides that. All, all I remember is, so it's a fighting game. It's PS1, right? Dreamcast. I think it's Dreamcast. Oh, is it actually. Dreamcast? Really? I think I played it. No, no, I think you're right. I think it is PS1, because I, I first played it on a demo disc back in the day, in the okay. late 90s. Um, I think it's okay. Yeah, it is. It is PS one. It's a fighting game where it's not just my understanding from what you guys said is it's not just regular like health bars style yeah, fighting game, weird. but it's like you will get uh, it's like you're trying to get your opponent into a situation where you can do like a finishing blow and like yep. it doesn't matter. It might be like the first, you know, hit of the game, but you could like fucking, I don't know, chop somebody's head off or something and then you just win right there. Uh, is that kind of more or less accurate? Yeah, you're samurais, um, and you, the the scenery is pretty cool. There, yeah, there's like you can you can fuck people up, but then that doesn't. I don't think you can kill them just by hitting them. You have to do like, you have to set up a finisher. But it's almost but, like fencing. Okay, but you okay, yeah, but you got to set up the finisher, and it doesn't have as much to do with like just getting their health down, right? It's more no, about, not okay. to my not to my uh, remembrance. I don't I don't believe so. Okay, so yeah, it sounds super cool. Uh, and I've been wanting to check it out since you guys, since I heard you guys sound talk about it, great. but I just haven't done it yet. I remember correctly. Oh, good sound effects to me. Now, now I even more want to play it. I know, right? <laughs> I'm looking at pictures of Bushido Blade, and I love that everyone's, like, they're, they're dressed in normal samurai garb, and then there's just one dude in a fucking trench coat for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> That's the developer. That's his character. 
<laughs> just chilling. <laughs> All right, I'm uh, on to Josh. Yeah, I'll go. So my fourth one is System Shock 2. Um, so System Shock 2, very close to... I'm a, a huge Bioshock fan. Um, and I've heard this is very similar in that same style, but better uh, and more close to like the horror aspect of Bioshock, which I'm super excited for. This has always been one of those just backlog games that I really just need to play. I'm pretty sure I even own it too. Uh, <laughs> I just need to actually play it, but it's super like uh, my style of just horror kind of shooter game. Uh, I, I, I got to just play it one day. <laughs> cool. All right, Jay, number four. Jay? No. Yeah. Three. Yeah, yeah number, three. Number, number three. three. number three. Sorry, number three. <laughs> okay. Number three. You can Just do four again. <laughs> I like how you were thrown off, not by the thing that was wrong, but that he said you. Yeah, I was just surprised because, like, if, well, because if he's saying number four, I'm like, he, it means Josh or Vaughn here. I'm just not sure which one. <laughs> hey, it's hard to keep track of four people, okay? I'm sorry. You're doing sorry. great. I'm not, not a criticism. Oh, thanks. Just uh, the next one, we talked about this recently, Robert. You and I, I think I mentioned this for one of our other top fives. Uh, this is the Star Fox RPG game, Star, po- Star Fox Adventures. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Went to this one. game a bunch of times, have fond memories of it. I know it's absolute shit, or at least I assume it's oh, absolute shit. Oh, is it really? Shit. <laughs> I don't know. I, assume it's I would really like shit. to play this. This, it's th- not this is one that I've... <laughs> okay, I, I assumed as much, but I don't remember. I remember liking it, but I rented it a bunch of times back in the 90s. So this is one of those games where I just want to kind of do a fact check to go, yep. I had terrible taste in games at this time. But it's Star Fox. <laughs> this game doesn't actually look bad. Like, looking at pictures... Visually or gameplay? Visually. I haven't seen okay. any gameplay, but visually yeah, no. it doesn't look bad. Visually, I remember having a lot of fun with this game. I may play it for the next podcast. Do I, 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 yeah. Do it, pussy. Damn. <laughs> you Subject right. yourself to this torture. <laughs> All right. I've known uh, Robert for a long time. <laughs> Vaughn, number three. Jeez, don't look up Star Fox stuff. Really, there's like a fox in a bikini. Ooh, oh, what? Have. That's so inappropriate. Look Definitely it up. Don't link that. Star <laughs> yeah. Fox porn. I'm kidding. <laughs> Robert. Star Fox don't wear tie. Holy crap. I got to see what this is. The first thing that comes up is Pornhub Star Fox porn videos. Robert, focus. Don't do it. Robert, All right. focus. Oh, man. We're don't going do down it. a weird rabbit hole. Don't do no, it. Foxhole. Foxhole. <laughs> it's, 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 oh, wait. Never mind. Fox Mc... Okay, go. <laughs> the title of this one is Fox McCloud and Simba's Girl Nala, in parentheses, Angle 2. <laughs> oh, no. They couldn't even choose two people from the same series. They're just like, we've got to get some other, like, anthropomorphic Fox character. And lion. This one is called mm-hmm. Crystal, in parentheses, Star Fox, got capture and got fuck by a sex-crazed nerd Robert, as we're... sound. <laughs> Robert, we're done. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> I love that their titles are always like illiterate. You're like, I know. yeah. <laughs> Why does? <laughs> like you can at least try to we be grammatically correct. It's true. Yeah, typing <laughs> typing that with one hand is tough. <laughs> so my number three, <laughs> perfect, <laughs> is Wild Arms. Oh uh, yeah. I I hadn't even actually known about this game until I was listening to Colin's Last Stand Knockback, and they were talking about like uh, PlayStation One and how mm-hmm. they were playing Wild Arms and stuff. And they were talking about how it's kind of this like this old JRPG like Western, but also kind yeah. of a sci-fi game. 
that just sounds so cool to me. I have Wild Arms 3 on the PS2, but I I really just want to like one buy a PS1 and two actually find a copy of Wild Arms cuz apparently it's really annoying. But this game just looks so interesting. Like I love the anime Trigun. If you guys have ever seen yeah, it, it's like love Trigun. Yeah, Trigun's fantastic. Vash the Stampede. Freaking... Of course. Is it good? That's the it's homie. Good. This transforming gun, yeah, 100%. It's a good You've show. never seen Trigun? Uh, I, I've seen it. Like, I remember when it was on. I've seen tons of commercials yeah. and stuff, but I never uh, watched it. It's a little rough now, but it's still fun to watch. Okay. I, I mean, it's got a cool title. Can't go wrong with the yeah. name Trigun, I guess. Yeah, I'm I'm not a fan of... I, I, I have to be honest, I'm not a fan of that animation style. Like, I, I don't like the character designs that much, with the exception of Vash, because I think he looks really, really cool. But oh, the Preacher. Yeah, yeah. It, the Preacher's awesome, how he has that, like, basically Gatling gun. Yeah, like, it's just a giant crossy bears. It's just a gun. It's so cool. But <laughs> the, the best part about Trigun is, like, the... There's... I don't want to ruin anything, but it has this really interesting, like, subtext about morality that Robert. I enjoy a lot. And that, like, did you... Oh, God. What? Get, get out of here. <laughs> I love Robert. that I just hear you go, Robert. And I'm like, what did he put in the Discord? <laughs> this is even worse. Like, somebody's going to be like, this fucking anime girl, and then... Now it's Fox McCloud and Falco just jerking each other off. <laughs> mm. uh, not a fan Actually, of it's, it's not even that because Fox is doing all the work. Falco's just yeah, like, get is. it, bitch. Right. Robert. <laughs> Robert. So I have people at my house for now that were here to watch the fights. <laughs> because you just linked that. I just turned it on the TV out there and I just heard them fucking start cracking up. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I want to play Wild Arms. <laughs> Fox has got some Wild Arms. I played more Wild Arms in the last year for the podcast. I really enjoyed it. Uh, they're very fun. And the art style only got better and better over time. Uh, it's a great series. I wouldn't mind playing uh, more of the titles at some point. So I do just want to say one more thing before we go to the next one. <laughs> Who else thought that Falco would have some other colored nipples than pink? Am I the only one? I didn't even notice he had nipples. Yeah, How they, did you not see them? They're like the most obvious thing. Because I'm sure. Oh yeah, that's the most obvious thing to you. The shaft. He's too busy looking at this gigantic purple penis. Also, his eyes. Look at his eyes. Like he's just like, yeah, look at that. <laughs> you look at it. <coughs> All so, right, uh... Robert, you're up. You fucking psycho. <laughs> I can't go. I can't do it. All right. <laughs> So uh, we'll skip you for now. My number three Perfect. is Final Fantasy VII as well. Oh, um, shit. Yeah, it's kind of crazy, actually. I've I, So there's so much hype uh, with Final Fantasy right now just because of the remaster and everything. But I've heard that Final Fantasy VII is one of the really, really good ones. And to be honest, I've, like, I haven't played any Final Fantasies. The only one I've ever played is X. Wow. And oh, wow. It, it was it was okay. It that was, was good. The, that was the first one that I played. Yeah. Wow. So it's one of those things where like I'm a big RPG fan, but I just never really got into the Final Fantasy series. So I, I kind of want to go back, and I feel like Seven's probably a good one, especially with all the hype with the remaster. I really like Seven. Think like I I don't. I'm assuming both of you guys have played it. Um, do you guys think that like? 
people should go right into the remake or do you think that they should actually check out the original uh, first probably just play the new one for most people a lot of people don't like turn-based combat and it's a very simplistic turn-based style so i think most people would probably prefer to play the new one to be honest I think they're like so vastly different from each other gameplay wise that it just depends on what kind of game you're in the mood yeah. for. Like, just look at them both and see which one looks like what you want to play, and just go for that one. I hate that it's so hard to take anything seriously. Looking at Fox, I, 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 yeah. I scrolled, I scrolled up. up. I scrolled <laughs> up. I'm not looking at that shit. <laughs> I'm saving like for later, that. but I'm not looking at it now. Apparently, yeah, yeah. I'm the only one that's just like staring at. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you and me both. No, don't bring it up again. He'll start linking more. Trust me, I know Robert. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like we got a new uh, Discord chat icon coming up. <laughs> oh God, no! That's not gonna fit in there. Oh Jesus, that's not gonna fit. <laughs> yeah, good point. It's not. It's really not. All right, my number three is. Uh, speaking of. Uh, DOA games, uh, DOA Extreme Beach Volleyball. I've been really, like, this game just looked fucking absurd when it came out. Uh, it's just you controlling a bunch of girls playing volleyball on the beach. And, uh, like, the only tie-in it has to the DOA series, which is a fighting game series, is just that it uses the same characters from that game. And uh, there's no fighting or anything, it's just it's just playing beach volleyball. And uh, if you know anything about the game, one of the most infamous things about it is it only takes one hand to play the game. And so uh, <laughs> I really wanted to get this at the time. I was very like, I was like, I got to see this. I have to play this. But um, it was like a full priced fucking game. So I'm like, I'm not going to play $60 just for like some super shallow <laughs> volleyball game. That is only based like the only purpose of it is just to buy different volleyball outfits for these girls who are playing beach volleyball but uh but now but now i kind of want to go for it so i think we're gonna do it too soon. <laughs> yeah i was about to say you and i are very different people my friend i will pay 60 dollars to look at these. <laughs> but yeah this one has kind of been on the list maybe maybe not the longest but like very very long because when this came out in like fucking 2001 maybe that was when i was like I really just have to see this for myself, but I never got, but I, I didn't like, as I said, at the time it was too much. And then since then I don't have an Xbox anymore, but, uh, I may be, I may be fixing that soon. Man, that game is still $60. I don't know. Probably not still. No, I'm like, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm, I was going to say, like, no, I was talking about when it came out, I wanted to buy it, but it's a full yeah, price yeah. game. Now I'm pulling it up. I think it's like, I think it's like 25 bucks. Oh no, no. It's like $15 on eBay. Oh, see, that's, that's nothing. <clears throat> no, that's good. Okay, who's... I have no idea whose turn it is anymore. Oh, we're back to Jay now. Yeah, yeah, Jay, Jay yeah. number two. Uh, my number two is Beautiful Joe. This is a game I haven't, I haven't played too much. I, I played a little oh, bit with a buddy of mine growing up. That game is tough. <laughs> Jay, I, I've Jay. heard really good things about it, and it just... The, the whole art style I've really, I really liked, and just the visual elements in general looks look very appealing, so it's something that I've considered playing for a long time, but just haven't been haven't bit the bullet yet. Jay, I just started so. playing this game today. Oh, really? Yeah. Good choice. But yeah, I agree with you. I had never played it before either, and I was considering putting it on my list also, but because uh, yeah, mostly... I a I was, bit, yeah. yeah, I like the art style when it came out. I was like, oh, that mm -hmm. looks super cool, but I just never got around to it. It just it ages so well, right? Like it that does, yeah. Style. Yeah. Yeah. Bring him to Smash already. 
I was thinking that actually when I watched it, I was like, this is one of the few like purely video game characters that that isn't in Smash yet that like is a fighting character. Keep giving us Fire Emblem characters. Yeah, cool. right. I know, yeah. All, all <laughs> we can handle. You know? They're all so interesting. <laughs> okay. Didn't uh, you guys hear that uh, the... I? Is it no? It's not Miyamoto. I forget who it is, but the the lead on Super Smash Bros. put out a thing saying that he is also sick of Fire. Sakurai. I heard about oh, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah Sakurai. Yeah. <laughs> yep, I heard nice. about that. It's basically like I just do my job. Nintendo tells me to. It's really a bizarre <laughs> thing. Like, why? Why so many Fire Emblem characters? Like, They're nobody really trying to sell more it. Fire Emblem. I guess. Yeah. They got three houses. They got, they got too many people. <laughs> Great game, by the way. Haven't tried it, but I've heard good things. All right, uh, Vaughn, number two. So my number two, I I believe we actually talked about this maybe last time that we came on, but I've never played Earthbound. Oh, yeah. I, oh dude, shit! Also on my list. Oh shit! <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Josh and I are the same person. Um. <laughs> Except for his love of card games, obviously. I'm not. Would you fan. shut up? Ascension, but... <laughs> let's go. I thought about earlier when you guys were like geeking out about Gloomhaven, and you brought Jay. You brought up that Gloomhaven has cards. Oh, yeah. I was gonna joke about cards so much, but I was like, Nah, let Josh get off. Like one day without bringing up the card game <laughs> thing, and you didn't let me have it. <laughs> nope. No interaction with me is ever gonna be easy for you. I guess. <laughs> so earthbound i've never played i've always thought it looked amazing um i i think the aesthetic looks great it's like the characters from earthbound are the few amiibos that i've purchased because <laughs> i think like ness and lucas look so cool and they're just so dumb that's funny because I, I think they look even though i love the game i think they look like kind of mundane <laughs> yeah they look they look kind of stupid like uh, it's not i i guess i shouldn't say they look cool they I like look it. I'm right there with you. Yeah, there's just something special about like kids with psychic powers that battle aliens <laughs> and like a corrupt like government with bats and shit. Like is so interesting to me. And I, I don't know. I don't know exactly why, but just the idea of it is so cool. That's fair. Yeah. Um but yeah, I really want to play it. I do have uh I believe it's on the it's either on the NES or SNES Classic, or it's on the SNES Classic, and I do have it, yeah. so I have been able to play it for a long time, but uh, I don't, yeah, once again, just too much to play. Seven's going to be a more enjoyable it. experience, but Earthbound is so worth it. Oh, uh, you think it, so? You think? I, th I think Earthbound takes a little bit of time to get into to really understand. Like, the intro's great, and it draws you in, the, the humor, the seriousness of it um go really well together and then i feel like for the, the first little bit of the game is kind of a grind but if okay you get yeah that's fair. That, yeah the game just takes off and you're just hooked the story alone is just so fantastic do you think we'll ever get mother three in the west i no. have no idea probably <laughs> not yeah yeah no <laughs> nintendo like it's the most obvious thing to do so it's probably not going to happen listen they're getting better with the switch but they, yeah. no you're right but they're still but they still have like a very strange thought process a lot of the time yeah Nintendo does what it wants, all right? Exactly. <laughs> it pays off. I mean, yeah. Barely. Could pay more. Yeah. Keyword pay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, where are we? It's my it's my turn, number two. Metal Gear. Mm. The Metal Gear Solid series is one of my favorite video game series ever. But it I is? 
<laughs> but I've never, yeah, you know, I know I've really kept that uh, on the down low. But uh, I would never, I've never played the very original NES Metal Gear games, uh, and I, I don't really know why. I just haven't really felt compelled to. They're very, very well. I guess I kind of do know why. They're very different, and even though they're still based on stealth, they're a lot more basic. And and as far as I understand, they they lack a lot of the quirkiness. So I think that's why I haven't really been compelled to, even though I still, I really do want to play them. There's like a lot of stuff that just seems more interesting. Makes sense. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, Metal Gear. Hmm. I have not played any Metal Gear series games. Yeah, me neither. Get off my podcast. That's the, that's the episode guys. Follow us. on They're never coming back. Oh, damn. Um, I believe I'm next. Uh, my second one is the original life. I've played, Ooh. I've played the orange box, which had everything from half-life Two, episode one and two, uh, and the actual full game. And I loved it. And I've always been like, I should really play the actual like original game for it, but just never got around to half-life? it. And now, yeah, half-life. And now I'm kind of just waiting until black Mesa is fully finished. And then I'm just going to play that version of it. Gotcha. It is a rough game. Half you know, yeah, that's a lot. It was hard. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of why I'm waiting for Black Mesa is because I just want like a like remastered version of it if I'm going to sink that much time into it. I love the original graphics, though, because like when you die, you just spit out chunks of meat. Like It's just graphic <laughs> pieces of meat. It's fucking hilarious. And the sound effect is classic. That's awesome. Uh, the first time, well, the first time, when I played Half-Life, like, not not immediately when it came out, but I played, like, a year or so after it originally came out, one of the big things about it was that it didn't have distinct levels. Um, like, the whole game is one continuous playthrough, as opposed to, like, oh, you, beat, you reached the end of the level, and now you're in the underground level, and, you know, stuff like that. That was, mm-hmm. that was really novel at the time. So I was playing it, and as I said, just one continuous playthrough, so, like... Eight hours into the game, I was like, man, I'm still in the first level. This game's going to be long as hell. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Number. Are we back to UJ? Number one? Is it time for that? I think so. All right. Number one. So, this is also a game I've talked about quite a bit. This is a game, actually, my younger brother introduced me to. PlayStation 1 game called Goblin Commander. Um, this is in RTS, an actual RTS in mind. Uh, oh, excuse me. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh, oh no. Uh, no! It is, it is more no, of a, a turn-based uh, strategy game. Turn-based. Okay. <laughs> the, the difference between this and a lot of turn-based strategy games, such as like Three Houses, is you don't have nearly as many units as you normally would. Um, at least I, I believe it's turn-based, but I, I've never played it. I've only watched him play it. Uh, but essentially, you have a lot less units than you would think. But the game's still very difficult for a couple different reasons. So, obviously, I, I really like strategy games. I really like um, you know a, a variety of them. So. I wanted to give it a shot and see because he really likes it. I've, I've read really good things about it. It's, it's actually a pretty hard game to find as well. Um, but I just want to give it a shot and see see how it is. Okay. Nice. Vaughn? Uh, for one? me, my number one is a game that I feel honestly kind of ashamed of not playing because it still holds up from what I understand. And I love the genre. Uh, my number one is Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Oh, I've cool. never... Yeah, I've Ooh. never played it, I and either. I've wanted to for so long. Yeah, I know that Jay played it not too long. Or mm-hmm. I believe like last year before we came on, Jay had played it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I've been wanting to go and actually play it for a long time. I feel kind of sad. Like the only Castlevania game 
I've actually played is one that people despise is Castlevania Curse of Darkness. All right. Um, I think it's me. My number one classic game that's been in my to playlist the longest is Swickedon 2. Mm. This is supposed to be a super awesome RPG. Swickedon 3 was honestly, I think, the first RPG that I ever played. Wow. Damn. I really gave this some thought and, and I played Final Fantasy 7 for about five minutes when it originally came out because I rented it and then I played it for a few minutes and I had a friend over and he was like, oh, this is dumb. Let's play something else. So I kind of liked it, but I was like, all right, that's fine. We'll play something else. Um, and honestly, I don't think I played any other RPGs until I played Swicked in 3, which is really random. I don't know why it was this one that I finally picked up out of everything. But anyway, I played Swicked in 3 and I loved it. And it like it immediately became one of my favorite games. And uh, Swicked in 2 is supposed to be fucking killer. Like one of the best RPGs ever. Eon's better than Swicked in 3. And uh, I just still haven't gotten around to playing it yet. So uh, I'd, I'd really like to get to this sometime. I played, I started playing Swicked in 1 a few years back for the podcast. And it wasn't, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't very good either. But uh, yeah, Swicked in 2, I really want to get to at some point. Very cool. Uh, my number one, uh, which Vaughn keeps just basically drive-bying all of my <laughs> picks, uh, is Earthbound. This is a game that I've, <laughs> I've wanted to play for so long, but uh, I just never really had a means to. Uh, this is why I'm really upset that although it's on the NES Classic, it's not part of their like uh, Nintendo Switch online right. games that they have. I'm, I'm waiting for that day so I can actually play this game, but... We'll see. One day. Do you have a 3DS? Uh, actually, I do. They have it on the 3DS shop. Mm, okay, maybe, but uh, I don't really want to. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather. Sorry, I, know, I, I just thought it was your number one games. favorite game that you played. I know. <laughs> I know. It, it really is, but it's one of those things where it's like I really want to, but I'd want it to be accessible. Where I'm like, perfect. It's right. like falling into my lap, kind of a thing. I got you. You want to play it, but you want to play it on your terms. Exactly. <laughs> See, Vaughn, you get me. Yeah, I told you we're the same person, dude. <laughs> All right, Jay. You there? What? Yes. Oh no, you already did your. No, we're done. We're done with. Yeah, the- I was like, uh, I was like, I think uh, that's yes, it. Can I help you? I got caught into right, the loop Jay. and was thinking Jay was last instead of first. And uh-huh. then- All right, start rattling more off. <laughs> Come up with something. All right. Uh, cool. I Jay, we didn't we didn't talk beforehand about our next uh do top five Ooh, list. Top five. So yeah. I'm just gonna pull one out of my ass right here. Let me. I'm, nice. I got the you list. might want to stand up if you're gonna do that. No. Mm-hmm. Um, it's okay. I have Fox McCloud here to help me out with that. Nice. I hate that I keep forgetting why I'm scrolled up, and then I scroll yeah. down. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you also put something there. It's like something that somebody needs to read. <laughs> What's that? And I'm like, fucking cheap. <laughs> Damn it. This is like the penis I can't escape. Typical, am I right? That's that's exactly what it is. <laughs> let's see. Alright, let's do um uh we already did this one. Very Why don't you do one. top five classic games that have big dick energy like Fox McCloud? <laughs> Top five games that that you want Pornhub versions of. 
All right, let's do this. Um, <laughs> games that you like, but that t- I, we're going to have to come up with a better, a more succinct title for this. But let's do games that you like, but that take the longest play time to start enjoying. Mm. All right, Jay, that good for, that good with you? Oh, that, yeah. All right, let's do Sounds it. Good. Let me copy it down here. Holy shit, Jay's having a party. Dang. Yeah. Yeah, oh, shit. That's why I like Yeah, I'm trying to make sure you guys can't hear the background. But yeah. <laughs> no, that's fun. It's good. Just, <laughs> just, I, uh, keep, I, keep, I keep interrupting the stream with the, with the picture. Of the boxing, you know? <laughs> that's, that's why they were yelling. Awesome. Because I was just about like, to tell you. There's a boxing match on. So. I was just about to ask you to do that so we could hear the reaction in real time. But you already <laughs> That's exactly what that was. <laughs> I just I just heard somebody say I keep looking at it. <laughs> yeah. I keep looking. Now you know our pain. <laughs> I love that you're like if I'm going down you're coming down with me. We're going up, but yeah. Nice. <laughs> okay, uh all right, so yeah, next top 5 games that you like that take the longest to get or or we can name this games best games with the slowest start. Let's do that. There you go. All right, you can email your top fives on that if you want to, to mail at ClassicGamingPodcast.com. It's email time, boys. First one comes, I'll, I'll take on this one. First one comes... This is a long one from Father Beast. Father Beast says, uh, Hello, Classic Gamers. This is Father Beast. Before getting into the first top five, I have to notice that there has been a lot of Blizzard bashing on your show lately. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. What with them making one terrible decision after another. Now, I don't follow most of their properties, as Diablo is the only series I pay attention to, but I have heard some things from, from time to time, so I have to ask, does their history of bad decisions Go back to when they were acquired by Activision. Correct. I seem to recall that Blizzard was this awesome thing that all other companies aspire to be, or at least yep. make games as good as they did. Jeff Green of Computer Gaming World wrote a column <clears throat> in which he said everyone should ask, what would Blizzard do? That was just before the release of Diablo 2. When I heard they were being bought by Activision, there were a lot of people saying, oh no, it's the end of the awesomeness. And Blizzard was like, no worries, guys. Everything is going to be okay. Well, the first thing that came from Blizzard that seemed a little off from their previous way of doing things was that Diablo 3 was an always online thing. And they were being disingenuous about the reasons. So am I right about this seeming to stem from be- from them being bought? Absolutely. Yeah, honestly, yep. that's pretty much... That is, that is exactly... That nails it. Once they... Yep. We're bought by Activision. That is, that is the point where all this shit started to go down. So, yeah. I mean, that simple answer is yes. Anything else to say about that, Jay, or anybody else? No, uh, we could talk 45 minutes about that. <laughs> no, but <laughs> I, one, one thing that I would well, add is it was a little bit of a slow burn, I think. Like, first it yes. was just... Oh, yeah. yes. <laughs> I'm glad you agree. Yeah, first it was just the, like the like you said, the always online stuff with Diablo 3. And then it was like, you know, not too much for a while, and then a little bit here and there. And then, like, especially over the past year, it just really, like, started to hit full steam on going downhill. The amount of things that, that are forced microtransactions is just obscene compared to what they used to be. Yeah, it, it, like you said, slow burn is a very accurate statement. 
it, it was really sad too because a lot of people had this bank of credit with Blizzard to say, oh, yeah. ah, they fucked this up. The next one will be good. Ah, they fucked this up. The next one will be good. And then at this point, everybody's in their vault. Like, there's nothing left. Like, we've we've gone, we've ruined every IP possible. We just at this point are just looking for a new Blizzard. Everybody's looking for a new ship to, to board right now. Yeah. Mm hmm. All right. Um, he says, okay, onto the first top five. It took a while to come up with a list of these, which is why I'm late with this email. Top five. Okay, he's going back a couple episodes. Top five disappointing games in series I love, where he's going back one episode, rather. Hmm. Uh, number five, Heroes and Might and Magic 4. Wasn't this on yours, Jay? Yep. Yep. He says, this is kind of a stretch because I don't actually hate this game. I'm including it because of the powerful fan backlash against what they did here. After three games in the series that had only incremental changes, the developers decided to shake things up a bit with the game mechanics. Instead of having upgrades to all your creatures, each creature was just its own thing. I don't do you know I don't know what that means. I, I know what he's talking about. It, it's a very it's one of the more exciting mechanics about the original Might and Magic series that they just decided to do away with. Okay. Uh, actually, that sort of harks back to uh, Hom Heroes of Might and Magic One. Instead of making your hero go around with an army, your hero can just get around by himself, and the armies can go around without a hero escorting them. Instead of your hero just being a way, just being sort of a way to buff your troops, your hero is a fighter, and in fact, a high-level hero wandering by himself can defy entire armies led by lower-level heroes. There was also some strange decisions about combat, but these are above. But these above were the game mechanics that got the publicity. The fan backlash was so strong that developers basically trashed everything changed by this version. Heroes 5 and 6 are basically sequels to Heroes 3. Myself, I don't enjoy it as much as I do Heroes 2, one of my, one of my favorite games of all time. But I prefer it in some ways to the others. Number 4, Star Control 3. Star Control 2 is my favorite game of all time, so of course I got this when I found it cheap, but it was just bleh. It includes some quirky races from the previous game, but their quirkiness is somehow toned down. This may, because, this may be because of the strange game mechanic where you have the only ship capable of going between star systems, uh, and you have the job of colonizing for everyone, carrying all the races in your alliance to new worlds. And that sounds kind of like a pain. Uh, add to this <clears throat> the fact that the inter interface is kind of obtuse, and I had trouble figuring out what I wanted to know, and you have the result that I got that I never got very far in this game and don't have the desire to try it again. Number three, Escape from Monkey Island. Ah, this was on my list. Mm -hmm. Once again, the predecessor was a truly awesome game, The Curse of Monkey Island, which I still play regularly. This game is the poster child for the tendency in the late 1990s to make everything 3D. It's terrible looking 3D too. Then you discover that the game has no mouse support. That's right, it's a point and click adventure where you can't point and click. <laughs> there, <laughs> there, are so, <laughs> there are so many places and things that beg to be clicked on, and then you can't do it. Then you get... Uh, and I'll, let me just add to this, is that not only can you not just you know use your mouse just to click on stuff, but it also makes the game a lot more tedious because to look at anything or to do anything with anything... You have to physically move your character over to that thing. So then, you know, the option pops up for you to look at or play with or, you know, use or pick up this or that. Whereas it's so easy just to mouse over something and to pick it up. But if you want to, like, examine things and literally just move your character to everything that you want to interact with, it it, it makes it a little, little bit of a pain. So it's more than just not being able to click. 
Um, let's see. He says, then you get to the movement controls. You move Guybrush around with the arrow keys, but movement is not oriented in which way Guybrush is facing, but on the way the screen is looking at him. I have lost track of how many times I held down a key to move him in a certain direction and the viewpoint changes and he is moving in a different direction, which is highly confusing. Yeah. When you change from one like, like area to another and the camera is different, then he immediately changes direction, which is very annoying. Uh, also, it had a few giggly moments like the making, like making the abomination of nature, but it mostly wasn't very funny. I dropped out after being frustrated for a while. My daughter played all the way through and she says it wasn't worth it. Also, she echoes the opinion of the reviewer from the, from PC Gamer that says they should fire the monkey who invented monkey combat. Yes, <laughs> I, I agree with that, too. All right, number two, Civilization 3. I was addicted big time to Civ 2 and played it to distraction. I got internet around the time I was playing it also and became pretty active on the Apolitan Civilization site forums. The anticipation for Civ 3 reached fever pitch on the forums, and I was caught up in the whole thing and even pre-ordered the game. Then I lost my job before release and canceled my pre-order and was more depressed about not playing Civ 3 than I was about being unemployed. A forum (laughs) member came to my rescue and gifted me the game when it was released. Oh, that's killer. Which may be the coolest thing I've ever experienced. So I got the game and started playing it and and started having my enthusiasm damped down. Now, editions of Civ don't come out every year, and the time between Civ 2 and 3, as well as, as well as 1 and 2, was 5 years. This gives plenty of time for players to thoroughly explore and break the games. On the forums, we were experimenting with settings that would have barbarian hordes that were just obscenely large, or difficulty levels two times more than deity, or the scenario where everyone else starts, without, starts, starts out with a bunch of cities, not to mention... That a favorite way to play the unmodded game is to play and win having built only one city. Civ 3 was a hard pushback on all that and made everything harder. I remember reviewing the game for a site and saying this. Corruption is always a problem, even on Chieftain, the lowest difficulty. Even in a, even in a democracy, which in Civ 2 was corruption free. Even on Chieftain in a democracy, in your capital, with a palace and a courthouse from the silly... When the city is celebrating Love the President Day. Corruption and waste made new cities pretty worthless because it got rid of all production except one point per turn until you spent your treasury to build up the city. The resource system seemed to be made specifically so that one city strategy was impossible, but it made the game almost unplayable. I recall searching the entire world for oil and found only two sources in the world. <laughs> There was more, but all of it was so terrible that there arose a set of alterations you could make to the settings to make it all more palatable, which became accepted as the default way to play, which was known as Ra's Rules. I'm afraid that I became disillusioned and slowly fell away from the game and didn't come back until my wife bought me Civ 4 Complete for my birthday in 2009. It's still the best of the series. And number one, Master of Orion 3. The original Master of Orion is still a favorite game. And of the two games getting updates recently, which still have my attention in gaming time, one is a remake of Master of Orion, and one is a spiritual successor to the original. Uh, Master of Orion 2 is a very different game, drawing inspiration from Master of Magic, but it was a decent game anyway, if not as good as the first one. Since it worked so well with the second one to completely make a different game, they decided to make something totally di- excuse me, totally different, and they lost me. I have only played one game of this, and it was a disaster. I tried to send a scout ship to a nearby system. What? I can't do that? There aren't any scout ships. There are exploration fleets, 
and you don't choose where they go. You just set them loose and they report back from time to time. When I discovered a habitable world, I couldn't send a colony ship. I have to get my world to make a quote colony fleet. Why is it taking so much time to make a colony fleet? So I dove into the operation of my world and I was in spreadsheet hell. I did make some changes that I thought would focus production on my fleet. But when I looked at it the next turn to see how much progress had been made, my world had changed my settings back. (laughs) I tried designing some warships to defend my world, but the design section puts me in spreadsheet hell again. And I don't understand what most of the ship components even do. I got into one battle with some sort of pirates, I think, and my ships got destroyed and I don't know why. I ran into another race, the Ocean People, and they didn't want to have anything to do with me, which works out because I don't know how to do how to do anything with them. So I went back to trying to make colonies and stuff, and then I got the notification that the Cylons have been voted in as Masters of the Galaxy. I've never met them. I figured they can have this galaxy. I'm done with it. I quit the game and never went back. Okay, that's it. Uh, he says, Robert, you played Bad Mojo. Why would you Why would you do that to yourself? The idea of playing as a cockroach sounds terrible, and not even as a cockroach with superpowers or a cockroach with a gun, but an ordinary, gross, fragile, scuttling cockroach. Well, at least, at least your description of the game was fairly complete, all the way up to why it is a bad game. I'm figuring you took one for the team, playing this awful game so we don't have to. Yes, Father Beast, that's exactly what I did. He says, well, I was going to do the list of games I've been looking forward to playing, but haven't gotten to, but I haven't got a list together yet. So I'm going to leave you hanging. Maybe I'll send another email before the next show, but judging from past experience, I'll probably be late. Still listening. Father Beast. All right. Father Beast. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you. Jay, I'm going to have you take the next one. Okay. Are you going to do it through the normal Google Docs? Uh, another reason to scroll down. Okay, I got it. Make sure you, yeah, make sure you scroll. <laughs> You're like, no, 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 I got it. <laughs> I am not scrolling down. I feel okay. like next time you guys are gonna do a podcast, I'm just gonna, gonna slip in here and fucking put that picture there again. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta like, I like, whenever I pull up our podcast to to uh, like see like. To like go back and look at anything or to see if I need to get into the J, I'm like really got to make sure nobody is around when I do it because like I don't want my daughter to be <laughs> in the room. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I, I had forgotten totally about the DOA picture I pulled up the other day. I was like, oh shit, okay, got to be got to be aware of that. Mm-hmm. By all means, uh, this email is coming from Sven. It looks like yes. Uh, Sven says, "Hello, fellow kids. If you know where this refers to, you get a dollar." Okay. Uh, he says, I thought I'd join Chase the Night Cleaner's question of the day club with one of my own. So here it comes. What is the nerdiest thing you did related to classic games? Hmm. Um, all right, hold on. Go, go ahead and read, the, read a little bit more. Then we'll, let's, let's do this. Let, let's, oh, let's, okay. let's finish his email or at least this part. And then we'll, if we have any answers to this, let's give them. Okay. Uh, Sven goes on to say, to give you an idea of what I, what I understand by nerdy, I've got a few examples of my own. Uh, It comes from the time when I had just started studying and was a huge Formula One racing fan. Oh, I like Uh, which, By which uh, I here mean the actual sport and was also spending much time playing games on my PC. So I naturally was very interested in all kinds of racing games. And when in 1996, Grand Prix 2 developed by Jeff Cramon Cramon? and uh, slash Micropose for DOS came out, it was an instant buy for me. 
The first nerdy thing in this context was the fact that I not only ordered the game, but also a Thrustmaster steer- steering wheel and pedals. <laughs> Thrustmaster? Jesus. Oh, yeah. That's what um, I'm talking about. Which, which uh, <laughs> with the game, cost about the equivalent of $300. So just to own a steering wheel for your computer can already be considered quite nerdy, I'd say. But I didn't stop there. The game got me hooked in such a manner that I spent hours after hours after hours playing it, getting better at each track and testing different setups for my car. Transmission, gear, suspension, front and rear wing, front and rear anti-roll bar, bump, rebound, and spring for each each wheel, and so on and so forth. All these things had to be constantly adjusted and reevaluated to find the perfect setup for my car uh, for each of the 16 tracks. But I didn't stop there. When it, when it got into the actual races, I went full Monty. I found it totally unthinkable to shorten the race's length by reducing the number of laps that each race was scheduled for. No way. I wanted to make everything as realistic as possible to really immerse myself into the game. So therefore, I was not only doing the one-hour practice sessions and one-hour qualifying sessions prior to each race without fast-forwarding, I was also doing all the races full length, which for the <laughs> oh, most shit. of the races meant a duration of about two hours. But Damn. I didn't stop there. As I said, <laughs> I wanted to keep everything as realistic as possible. So while doing one of the practice or qualifying sessions of the actual races, I didn't allow myself to pause the game. Oh my gosh. That wasn't possible in real life. Oh, God, here comes a pee bottle. I just know it. Uh, so, so it wasn't possible when I played the game. This meant I had to save this sort of ritual before each race in order to get everything prepared the best way possible. First, I had, to, t- I had a t- to find a time span of at least two and a half hours during which I wanted to do a race, which wasn't actually that hard as a student. Then, before starting the race, I took some glass cleaner and carefully wiped my monitor as well as my glasses. I wiped my desk before attaching the steering wheel to it so it wouldn't become loose during the race. I went to the kitchen and got some to drink. I went to the bathroom. And then, as I was still living at my parents' house, I told them I was not to be disturbed under any circumstances for the next two and a half hours. No phone calls. <laughs> what no what the hell they were business, thinking? Nothing. Yeah, Don't come in my room for two and a half hours, Mom. And they just hear this. <laughs> come through the door. Uh, then I went into my room, locked the door, perfect. Shut the blinds, perfect. Did a couple of stretches, sat down, and started the race. Holy shit. Naturally, when I began doing all that, neither my parents nor any of my friends... I uh, didn't take it seriously at first. For instance, during the first couple of races, my mother would occasionally try to come in and tell me there was someone on the phone for me. Yes, it might come as a shock, but there was only a landline back then. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yep. Uh, to remind me of something I had to do or similar things. Whenever something like that happened, I would instantly yell at her to leave me alone because I am driving. After enduring several fits of rage at me, they got the idea. After some time, it even went so far that my mother actually sort of became my own personal bouncer. So if a friend would happen to call or come over while I was playing, my mother would send them away, telling, telling them in a husband voice that I wasn't be disturbed as Ben is driving. For some reason, that surprisingly puts some no, sort of... I'm sorry, no, no. Telling them in a hushed voice is what that oh. says. Not a husband oh, yeah, voice. I, w- I, I was, was like, what does that mean? I was like, <laughs> what? Thank you for that. Uh, Sven goes on to say, for some reason, that surprisingly put some sort of a dent in one or the other friendship for some time. But as soon as my friends and parents saw me for what I am, a nerd, and accepted me that way, for that, I am very grateful. I'd like to add that all this went not only went on for not only for some weeks or months, but actually lasted almost eight years. I'm Holy not exaggerating shit. and even have proof. Naturally, 
I have a huge ring, uh, ring binder with literally dozens of pages containing notes for the setups, lap times, total times, and dates for all the practice sessions, qualifying sessions, and races that I did. So I have evidence that from 1996 to 2000, I did 23 full seasons of Grand Prix 2, and then from 2000 to 2004, I did 21 seasons in its prequel, Grand Prix 3. Each season consisting of 16 practice sessions, 16 qualifying sessions, 16 races, and many, many hours of testing and practicing before my official season. Holy shit. As I said, kind of nerdy. Kind of, a little bit. So what <laughs> Damn, is he finishes? So what is the nerdiest thing you did related to classic games or to gaming in general? So I don't have anything oh, nearly close to this level of nerdiness. Yeah, how do you top that? I can't top it at all. <laughs> That's good. But when I he mean, f- yeah, what do you guys? You guys got anything? <laughs> the only, I mean, the only thing I could think of is I was to uh, dance dance revolution back in the. Oh yeah. Um, sorry, you said so, dance, sorry, you broke up a little. You said Dance Dance Revolution? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dance Dance Revolution, sorry. Um, so I went to the point where I ended up buying a metal pad that I connected to my computer, and then I actually built the bar that's like on the back of the, the, the actual game pads uh, out of PVC pipe. <laughs> to <have in> my <laughs> house. <laughs> that's pretty good. And I never, like, I don't think I ever listened to you said you made it out of PVC pipe, which is, like, the least stable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I eventually... Yeah, but what uh, else, where else are you going to find something, like... I know. I eventually upgraded to, like, metal pieces that were basically, like, PVC when pipe. When it collapsed on you? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I built that out and just would play all the time at my house for, like... It, it was something that I ended up doing like kind of like the same with that, uh, just not as uh, meticulous. But at the end of um, like when I was in school, when I was in high school, this was the time where I was really big into it. And so there was an arcade right across from my high school. Literally every day after school, I would go to that arcade and I would spend like three hours just playing. And then I would get home and then I would play more. Like I was, Damn. A, I was addicted. I was really good at it too, but I was addicted. The only thing that I can think of, and it's not even up to that level, is just one night when it, when it, the first thing that popped in my head when he said the nerdiest thing you've ever done related to classic games is one night uh, back in the high school, my friends and I were playing uh, F Zero sixty four, and we I don't know how this came about, but on this one track we realized that if you go in reverse. There's this huge, there's this ramp you can hit, and it, there's this huge ass jump you can do, and we just had a con- a competition all night long to see who could jump the farthest on this one long jump, and and you didn't have to land on the track or anything on the other side. It was just like see how fucking far you can go. We called it the long the long jump competition. So we would turn around. And like pick which whichever car we thought because there were like a million cars on that version. Pick whichever car you thought would be the best for it. Turn around the track, go in reverse. Try not to run head on into the other racers that were racing, and then just like do whatever you thought you could do to to get the most speed up to hit this ramp and to go as far as you can. And well, that was all we did all night was have a long jump competition on F zero sixty four to see who could go the farthest on this one jump on this one track. Damn. <laughs> I miss when I had that much free time. I know, right? right? I've been thinking about that so much recently. I know. <laughs> it is it is an unfortunate reality that we live in. Jay and Vaughn, you guys got anything? 
I'll give you one syllable. Wow. Mm, I mean, gotcha. Yeah, let, I, I think there's enough set there. Just countless hours doing a bunch of different things. I, I can't even... I, I have a multiple characters that have uh, extremely long, almost embarrassingly long time uh, <laughs> gameplay. So. Cool. I really wish that I had done... Like, that I would have done more nerdy shit. I'm like, sadly, I just haven't. And I feel odd that I'm so annoyed that I haven't. Like, this is something that, like, might get you beaten up in high school or some shit if I was in, like, a teen <laughs> drama. But I just wish that I would have done some nerdy shit like this. I mean, every gamer or every, like, person who plays video games or enjoys media in any way has, like, stayed up all night just to play a video game. Like, kind of a thing. Like, that's probably, I don't know. That's. I don't think I've ever actually done anything that nerdy, and I really wish I would have now. Yeah, I got I got one more. This is very Depressing. minor. This is very minor. Yeah, it's right. more like it was more like nerdy. It wasn't outwardly nerdy, but it, but my thought process was nerdy in it. When I was pretty little, not like super young, but maybe seven or eight, uh, probably closer to seven. My dad had a flight simulator on our computer back then. Oh yeah. And uh, I used to play it and I didn't really play it like I did. There's like a button you can hit to do like auto takeoff and landing. So I would just kind of just fly the plane around and just pretend I was flying. But I would in my head, I would play this and I would pretend that my house transformed into a uh, airplane and that I was flying our house around and that the stuff I was looking on the computer monitor was like actually what our house was flying over. And then I was like landing us safely at an airport or something like that. Legit. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you, Sven, for the email. Um, yeah, thank you. I was expecting like Sven's email to end with like, and now I'm a Formula One racer. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> I mean, he might as well be. Uh, Sven, by the way, I'd like to know who your favorite uh, F1 team is, just just out of curiosity. Okay. Um. Let's do. All right, we got next. We got one. Do you, do you, either of you guys? Y'all want to read one, or you just want to sit back and, and enjoy the ride? I'm good. I, I <laughs> okay. honestly right. can like. I don't want to scroll read. down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay, <all right>. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. I'll go. I'll take this one. This one's from Chris. Chris says this is a short one. He says just wanted to drop a line welcoming Robert to the Final Fantasy multiverse. Ah, that's because I begin my foray into more Final Fantasy games. Uh, excited to see you playing games with substance. Just kidding. This is unrelated to classic gaming except for the pixel art aspect, but have you guys ever played any of the Kingdom series? It's a pixel art style 2D scrolling kingdom management game. I've been playing Kingdom New Lands a lot on mobile, which is the second game in the series, and I have to say it's probably the most elegantly designed game I've ever played. Wow. You basically only have two actions you can take. You either move left or write, or drop, slash, spend coins. Somehow the gameplay is amazingly deep for such a simple interface. Also, long time... I know I have not played that. Have you, any of you guys played Kingdom Games? Sounds like probably a no on that one. Nope. No? I never have. Yeah. Negative. Yeah. Also, long-time listener wrote in a time or two before, but just wanted to say again how awesome the podcast is, and hope you guys never quit. Keep up the awesome work. You guys make my day at work go by much faster. One can Dang. only stare at spreadsheets and databases so long before needing something stimulating to listen to. And your podcast keeps me sane. Well, thanks a lot, Chris. I appreciate it. 
Super uh, nice. Yeah, it will be it will be mowing time soon as well. I live in Tennessee, so we have to mow from basically March to November. And I know I'll be listening to the old mower. And strangely, I am looking forward to mowing for that reason. I hate mowing. Uh, I don't understand that. <laughs> I don't. I didn't quite follow that string of consciousness right there. But uh, how can you hear over the mower? Yeah, right. But I'm sorry. <laughs> but I'm sorry for your, for for whether you hate or love mowing, which I can't quite tell, Chris. Uh, good luck with your mowing. Chris says thanks again. Chris, we, we appreciate the uh, the kind words. All right, we got a follow-up from Sven. Oh. Um, I'll read this one since you did the last Sven one, Jay. Okay. Sven says, <clears throat> Hi, Rob and Jay. There's no doubt the CGP covers a wide area of classic games, and with each new episode, listeners can get some fresh ideas on what games they may have missed that might be worth checking out. However... Having started playing computer and video games in 1987, I'd say there are some household titles within the field of classic games that you have neglected so far and that have never been mentioned in any of your episodes. So that's why I thought I could turn the table and give you some ideas on classic games you should give a try. Thus, here's my top five classic games never mentioned on the Classic Gaming Podcast. To be honest, I'm not 100% sure what your rules are on when a game is considered classic. Uh, That is... Uh, 2005 or before is this the loose definition we use. But I think I'd recall it's all games released 10 plus years ago. If that's wrong, some of the games on my list might be invalid. Uh, number five, been there, Dan that in time, gentlemen, please. PC 2008 and 9. These absolutely hilarious point-and-click adventures were in fact mentioned once on the CGP, but that was only when I recommended them to Rob and he said he already had them in his Steam library. So he would surely give them a shot, which naturally has not happened to this day. So let me repeat that I'm absolutely certain that you, Rob, will very much enjoy the style of humor and the pop culture references as well as, excuse me, other point-and-click adventures these games include. As At least try the prologue in Been There, Dan That and see if you find that funny. Besides, both games are neither difficult nor long to beat. They both have their downsides, no music, polarizing graphics, easy puzzles, but they are worthy additions to the genre. Number four, Burnout 3, Xbox 2004. I understand both of you are not the world's biggest fan of racing games, but some titles of this genre, like Gran Turismo or Mario Kart, have been mentioned several times. That's why I'm not sure why you never mentioned any installment of the Burnout series. Especially Burnout 3 is a game that almost everyone enjoys, and it combines perfect controls with over-the-top arcade-style racing and an awesome soundtrack. It is by no means a simulation as games of the GT series as burnout games focus entirely on speed and collisions and allow you to cause absolute mayhem crashing into your opponent's cars, grinding them on walls or bumping them into the oncoming traffic. Playing Burnout 3 can be very relaxing as the game never takes itself too seriously and you are constantly having fun even when you're losing. Yes, it's also quite challenging on higher levels as the NPC opponents drive relentlessly and beating the necessary times on some tracks can be very difficult. I think I may have played the first Burnout game, and for some reason I never ended up talking about it on the podcast. Uh, could be wrong on which exact racing series that was, but I think it was Burnout. So maybe I'll go back and play that a little bit more and, and, and talk about it. Number three, Company of Heroes, 2006. Both of you mentioned and praised the popular RTS Warhammer 40K a couple times mm-hmm. as being a fresh take on the RTS formula as it has new concepts like squad-based armies and resources being collected by controlling key points on the map. 
Each squad can be customized by giving some of its members a specific weapon or by adding commander to the squad. All of that is also true for Company of Heroes, which can, in fact, be considered Forhammer Warty K. Forhammer Warty K. <laughs> Warty K. Warhammer 40K in a WW2 setting. Yes, I've, I've actually played this a little bit, and yes, it is a good game. Number two, Warlords slash Warlords 2 Deluxe, PC, 1990 and 93. This is where things get interesting, as the first two installments of the Warlords series are two absolute household names in the turn-based J, that is, quote, kind of RTS (laughs) strategy sector with a traditional fantasy setting that have a very strong and active fan base. No doubt there's quite some nostalgia involved in that, and seeing these games for the first time 30 years after they were released can no doubt let one come to the conclusion that they haven't aged well. But if you're looking to look past... But sorry, but if you're willing to look past the very simple graphics and give Warlords 1 or 2 an honest try, you will recognize they're very easy to learn, but very difficult to master, as the computer opponents are very clever and unforgiving, especially if you hit that little enhance button next to the difficulty setting. The deluxe edition of Warlords 2 comes with tons of new maps and a map editor, and there are thousands of maps online. Warlords 2 might be the best game I played, might be, sorry, might be the game I played the most all time. Wow. Of course, there was no Steam back then telling you how many hours you have already put into a specific game. But there was a time I was always playing a little Warlords game on the side while watching sports, and I did that a lot. Uh, Number one, Ultima 1 through 6, PC 1981 through 90. This takes the cake without a sliver of a doubt. Where do I even begin? Okay, so everyone understands the Final Fantasy series is a constant companion on the CGP, and especially FF1 or FF7 are often praised as absolute trailblazers for the RPG genre, introducing many aspects to it and, quote, inventing numerous tropes and conventions we love and take for granted still today. Well, all of that and more have to be said about the Ultima series as well. It's very difficult to actually explain to someone living today and being used to all kinds of RPG elements how groundbreaking, innovative, and nothing less than seminal each game of the early Ultima trilogies 1 through 3 and 4 through 6, respectively, was in its own right. All two well-known tags like Open World, Choices Matter, or Multiple Storylines were actually introduced by the games in the Ultima series. Ultima did nothing short of establish classic role-playing games as we know it today. The NPCs had actual realistic lives. There was day and night. The way the player reacted to NPCs influenced their later behavior. There's a system of ethics and morals. The player is constantly tested on, often without noticing it, and so on and so forth. All of that in the late, sorry, sorry, all of that in the 1980s. So while I understand both of you are console gamers rather than PC players, uh, it is still baffling to me that the name Ultima has never been mentioned once in all the episodes so far. That's it for me. I know of it. I haven't played it. Yeah, same here. Same. Keep the episodes coming and play some Ultima and Warlords and bring back Blake. Take care. (laughs) That tire is spare, Sven. All right, thank you, Sven. Yeah, thanks for the follow-up. Next one, we have a very special email from SNES Drunk. Oh, nice. Check out his YouTube channel if you haven't. Uh, Jay, you want to take this one? Yeah, of course. Go By the way, it. I linked that picture again to the to the stream, and I heard, we've seen this like three times, and they never finish. <laughs> <laughs> how, do you, yeah. how, do, how do they know they're not finished? True. Uh so Sness Drunk says, Hi, Robin Jay. I really enjoyed the most recent Classic Gaming podcast, particularly Sven's email about his favorite episode. My personal favorite was when 
uh, that guy sent in an email saying he, he was counting every time Rob said the word like. Oh, no. I forgot how many it was, but it was some astronomical number, and it made me laugh out loud. <laughs> As that guy sent in an update since then. No, it's been a minute since we've gotten the counts. Yeah, we haven't gotten counts. I don't think John, it was Jonathan, I believe. He hasn't written in a while, but the number when he, he – so <laughs> Josh and Vaughn, one of our uh, listeners is uh, apparently very hardcore and also very into uh, statistics, I guess. And he went through – so it, uh, it's a, a kind of a trope of our podcast has become me apparently saying the word like very, very often. And so this guy, uh, Jonathan, went back and listened to every single episode and counted the number of times I said the word like. And this was this was around like the nineties or the, like you know the episodes in the nineties or something I think that you did this and I said the word like ten thousand times. <laughs> Whoa! In one episode? No, no, no! In the no, po- no, no, no! no. Like Over the life oh, of the podcast. Oh, oh God! I was like, how did you do that? <laughs> that also makes me super nervous now because I know I use don't yeah um, don't be yeah I know right. <laughs> I, it's really weird that I mean it's just because it's I what I do for a living is um, like video editing and so I've been doing that for this one person that I had to record a bunch of different videos for and he says the same the same statement over and over <laughs> again he'll start talking to you and then he'll go right um, so every like a couple of minutes. And so I'm editing it and I'm sending it to one of his coworkers who's reviewing it. And she mentioned that to him and he, he looks at me and he goes, Oh, apparently I say, right. Blah, blah, like a bunch of times. <laughs> and I go, yeah, I'm taking out like half of the amount of times you're saying it. And so she's basically already getting annoyed by it, but it's, double the amount that you're hearing. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Holy shit. That's awesome. I met a guy one time who said, um, to be honest with you, very, way too often, like in very unnecessary places, you know, like blah, 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 you know, this or that, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah. You know, like I work from, you know, nine to five every day, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, like I'm married, to be honest with you. <laughs> oh, and it gets to the point where you're like, are you lying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah right yeah <laughs> it's like he's trying to convince you all the time that he's being honest <laughs> all right uh all right yeah go on. alex goes on to say anyway i wanted to throw out a question to you guys do you consider legend of zelda a link to the past to be an rpg some people no. out there do and it drives me insane what did you say robert uh, i said no okay uh, he says the primary trait of an RPG is character growth, getting stronger and learning new abilities through combat, usually with experience points. However, in Link to the Past, Link is a static character. The only way Link gets stronger is the, it, it, uh, in that game is by collecting lots of items, most of which are used to solve puzzles. That's what makes the game fall into the adventure category. Some pedantic, some pedantic types will argue that Link grows as a character by getting heart containers, but that still barely puts it in the far end of the RPG spectrum. It is a way; uh, it is more common with the adventure genre than the RPG genre. Then there's the exceedingly pedantic types who go by the strict definition of role-playing game, saying that Link is a role, and that role is Link. This is a staggeringly useless way of categorizing something because, under this definition, absolutely any game can be all. Can, can be called an RPG, even Bill Lambier's Combat Basketball. (laughs) 
Then there's the idiots that see the games like Secret of Mana and say, Durr, Link to the Past plays just like that, while completely ignoring the leveling system in Mana. Some folks may think this entire discussion is pointless, but I think it is important that games get categorized with some semblance of accuracy just for setting players' expectations. So I guess those are my two questions for you guys. One, is Link to the Past an RPG, which you answered? And two, does that question even matter? Interested to hear what you guys think. I know you you, you probably think this is important, right, Robert? Yeah, I, I do think... It, yeah, okay, so, so here's my hot take on this. One, yes, you're 100% right. No, Link to the... Legend of Zelda Link to the Past is not an RPG. Uh, just about probably... Well, very few Zelda games are RPGs. And exactly what you said. The only RPG like thing for okay, for most let's just stick to let's just stick to Link to the Past since that's what he's asking about. Yes, as you said, the only thing that grows the that like uh like you know, makes the character develop, you know, as for, like stat-wise or power-wise mm-hmm. is uh besides I guess you could also say getting new weapons, but again, that's true for any game uh is getting cart containers. That makes the stats go up. But again, that just barely steps his toes into, as he said, the far end of the RPG spectrum. Like, it's like, yes, this is 0.1% an RPG because of that, as opposed to 0%. Uh, yeah, I agree, I just agree 100%. That is, you know, you don't have stats. You're not doing this and that to level up your character and make him stronger. It's not an RPG. I don't really know why people think it is, just be aside from the fact that, like, maybe the kind of the, the perspective, like the visual camera perspective of the game is similar to RPGs and that kind of throws people off. Uh, also, I know exactly, I've heard the exact same argument that uh, that you're playing a role and the role is linked. Like you're playing the role of a character, thus that makes it a role-playing game. And yes, I also agree that, I just agree with basically everything he said here, that that's incredibly stupid and under that same logic, you can call any game an RPG. And in fact, I'll take take it one step further. I have once heard somebody on a podcast, and I forgot which one it was, unfortunately, say that technically any game is an RPG because you're always playing the role of the character that you're playing. Yeah. Which is like, what? How is that? You First of all, you're usually not taking on the a lot of times you're not necessarily always taking on the role of a character just because you're playing them second off that makes the entire uh definition of the genre in 100 pointless mm. and to answer the second part of this question i'd say yes it does matter because the same reason that any definition for anything matters we use it to communicate and to describe things so that people understand what we're talking about um you know, if we say something is green, that's a hell of a lot more efficient than saying, well, it has this level of blues and this percentage of yellows in it also, and they combine in this certain way. Like, it's easier just to say, this thing's green, even if it's a different shade of green. That's fine. Same with RPG. It's very inefficient to say, uh, well, this game has leveling system and you gain these things called experience points and you get them through defeating enemies and then you can raise various stats such as strength and speed and defense no you can just it's a lot it's a hell of a lot easier just to say an rpg that's why we have that's why we have words is so that you can talk about things and people know what you're talking about the games industry is is like such a weird place because this doesn't really happen in a lot of other industries like where we have issues clar- like classifying what things are. So like 
when you watch a movie, typically it's a like, oh, you watch, let's say Step Brothers. It's a comedy. It's not anything else other than a comedy. But trying to classify a game is so much harder because there's so much more going into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, there's so many more elements. Weird. There, yeah, there are. I, you're right. Yeah. And I feel like we haven't gotten to the point yet where everyone has a consensus on what exactly terms mean, <clears throat> which is something that we eventually need to do. Because like we I think we actually had this conversation the last time we were on is that the definition of an indie game is entirely up to you. Like yeah. there's yeah, not, yeah, that's another uh, good example. Yeah. Yeah, and like nobody knows exactly what it is. They just say what they consider to be an indie game. They're like some people don't consider like Ori in the Blind Forest to be an indie game because they like they might be a small and independent team, but they're working with Microsoft, so it's no longer indie. But I just feel like as like an industry, we're so terrible at <sighs> describing what exactly our games are that like the arguments of what is an rpg and what's not don't exactly matter at the moment because everybody's definition of everything is completely fucked up well but you can still but you can still get like a pretty good idea like a lot of times you don't like if i say this is an rpg you don't have an exact understanding of, of every single game mechanic, but it at least gives you some sort of mindset like, okay, okay, I got this. I get the general idea of what this is. Same with the indie game. If I say it's an indie game, you know, for instance, it's not a AAA game. You might not know exactly where on the spectrum it lies, but at least it gives you some sort of frame of reference to what type of you know game develop, game it is, you know, development and production wise. Yeah, the only thing that sucks about that is then we start to change the terminology where we mm-hmm. say like, "Oh, this is like uh, this is an R- or it's a roguelike game, but with RPG elements." And you're like, "What the fuck does that mean? Like, what are RPG elements? What exactly like consists of RPG elements? Is that like is that character growth or is that somehow left out within elements? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just it's weird." Yeah. Like <laughs> video games are just such a hard thing to classify because there's so much that goes into it. It's not just like Wild Arms isn't just a Western story. It's also sci-fi, but it's this is also weird. I think it's I think it's special. <laughs> I think it's helpful and important just the, in just the sense that it gives you a sense again, like like Sinestrunk said of where along the spectrum this lies. For instance, again, yeah. you can say something it's is like RPG. RPG could still mean a lot of things, but at least it, but, but it, but it does mean like a certain set and a certain range of things, right? Can I ask you a question? This is an argument I've actually had. What is your definition of an MMO? So it's like massively or massively multiplayer online game. What, what would you say are MMOs? I would say it's a game where, uh, Many people play, and they play online, and they play in the same uh, plane of existence, and it's persistent every time they log on. Okay, because I've had a discussion where, like, it was seriously, I swear to God, an hour-long argument about how Call of Duty is or isn't an MMO based on what your definition of massive is. Stop it. (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll do. I had a a similarly ridiculous conversation with somebody one time uh, that said if a game 
does not have a subscription fee, then by definition, it is not an MMO. <laughs> what does that have no, anything to do? With I have no strange. fucking clue. It was and it, and it was two people that were trying. Jay, this was when we wrote for EG. It was two people in our EG chat were trying to tell this to me. They said that oh, Guild boy. Wars Two is not an MMO because it does not require a monthly fee. What? That was their wow. qualifier. Yes, that people just love giving sense. money away. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. And I was like, what does that have to fucking do? I was like, what does the payment model of a game have to do with what fucking genre the video game is? And they were like, that's just like, that's, they were just like, LOL, that's not an MMO. <laughs> Damn. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty much my response. I uh, like how gamers seem to be like, in essence, pedantic. Yeah. They're like all just trying to argue like small, minute points to each yes. other. Yes. Except by like, I, I mean hate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't say like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, I also, uh, one second. I, I really love the the email, just the, the, the terminology that he used uh, after each description of how people describe it because i love how he started off like well some people who are pedantic about it and then at the end he's like these idiots <laughs> <laughs> like i feel like as he was writing the email he was just getting slowly angrier and angrier with each example <laughs> hey alex i'm right there with you buddy you and me both <laughs> so good all right this is the last one this is coming in from chase the night cleaner Subject line is sunshine lollipops and rainbows. Mm. Gotta be. That'd be so funny if Chase the Night Cleaner wrote in and said that Link to the Past or whatever it was wasn't. <laughs> oh man! Like, like, you, dude. Have you ever heard about these idiots that say Link to the Past is not an <laughs> RPG? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jay. What you, Jay? Can you take this one? Yeah. Uh, Chase the Night Cleaner says hello, gentlemen. Chase the Night Cleaner here, working hard to fill you full of email goodness. So, how are you? How is this section treated you so far? Seems good so been far. a good one. It's created a lot of good conversation. Yep. Uh, Chase says, I promise I won't write in about Squaresoft again anytime soon. Instead, I want to talk to you about some thoughts I'm having on Fire Emblem Three Houses. This game has got its hooks on me, but I just ran a mission where I lost someone and I was working hard I was working hard on and accidentally saved afterwards. And because I'm playing class, that girl stays dead. That means if you ever want to play that character again, I need to restart because I didn't have any additional back saves. Y'all feeling me on this, or am I the only idiot who still plays hardcore? No, definitely right there with you. Yeah, 100%. That's, that's, that's how you play, son. You lose them, you lose them. I wish like... more games actually had hardcore, yeah. if I'm being honest. Yeah, me like, too. Something that I truly wish would happen, and, uh, okay, are you guys anime fans at all? A little bit. <laughs> okay. Sweet. Both of you are a little bit. I doubt either of you will know what I'm talking about. But there's an anime that just came out called Infinite Dendrogram. And it's... Which is... The, the <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Three and one-third memories. Don't forget. Yeah, exactly. Um, But <laughs> this anime is... uh, It's, of course, because I'm me. It's an, kind of like an Isekai anime where... A kid is playing an MMO, but in this MMO, <laughs> if care if NPCs die, they're dead. In real they life, don't come back to life. <laughs> yeah, so like it's it. Well, of course the the story's kind of like heading toward where it seems like oh, this is an act. It doesn't seem like this universe is actually a game, and it seems like a real universe. But that's something that I wish could actually happen, specifically in MMOs, is that if a NPC died, they're dead. 
it'll never happen, especially because then you'd have to explain how multiple people can play a dungeon like over and over again. <laughs> yeah. Somehow that the shit world, keeps coming back to life. But the world would be so empty. Yeah. Um, <laughs> especially because we're a bunch of dickheads and we'd all just fucking kill them. We'd be like, let's see if it really works. It's just eh. No. But that would be so cool if more games implemented hardcore systems. I doubt it would be like favorable by most people, but it would be so cool. No, I really like it. I, I like it a lot because it gives it lends a lot more weight to every decision that you make in the game. Like in Fire Emblem, for instance, it makes it a hell of a lot more important that you that you really protect the characters that you that you want. And it, and, it, and, it, and when one does die, it kind of makes it like a big event. So uh, yeah, you feel like a piece of shit. You just led them to their death. Yeah, exactly. So that's yeah. I really like like the importance that it that it lends to every action. Same reason I like uh, like classic roguelikes, for instance. Like if you die, you're fucked. You gotta start all the way over. It makes everything that you do a hell of a lot more important. You gotta get every, give everything a, a lot more thought. Have you guys ever played Hollow Knight? Yes. No, but I know of it. Okay, well, there's there's a difficulty in Hollow Knight where you only get one life. Ouch. And if you die, you have to restart. I, I was listening to GameSpot After Dark, and one of... Uh, I forget who it was. Um, I think his name is Dave, but I can't remember his last name. He was talking about how he's doing this difficulty and how it really, like, amps everything up and makes you really, like, think about everything you do. I, I thought about maybe trying it, but I was like, <laughs> I can't even beat Hollow Knight on the normal yeah, difficulty, yeah, let alone okay. that one. <laughs> yep. No. That's my story. I'm done. <laughs> uh, Chase goes on to say, this game definitely got me thinking, though. It's a drastic departure from the regular Fire Emblem formula with regards to the game outside of battles. I personally feel the teacher-student approach to the game really gives this series a drastically different feel, and I really like it. You still do all those checkbox items to try and get people to like you or each other, but it all feels more organic than this all just taking place in a war camp somewhere. And I really appreciate it. It was nice to see an old franchise really try something new and innovation innovative in order to make the same old shit, same old shit more interesting. I would argue Pokemon has tried to do this a few times with mixed results, but I really like it. Three Houses nails it at least some at least in the time that I spent with it. Which brings me to the question of the day. Can you think of a new game from an old franchise like that that really br uh, breathed new life into the series and made you happy to see, uh, to be able to see this kind of shift from old to new? Um, Gee, a new game from an old franchise that breathed new life into the series. Not recently. I, yeah, I can't really I mean, think of a good example. Fire Emblem is definitely a good choice. Smash has been pretty good, but I mean, old Smash was still really good. Yeah, I think the maybe, most obvious. Maybe Zelda. Is, yeah, that's maybe what I was gonna say. Yeah. Most obvious is Breath of the Wild. Yeah, or Odyssey. Even I mean, Odyssey, I still yeah, think Sunshine that, is probably better than Odyssey and sixty four as well. But Odyssey was a it was an interesting step in a different direction. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I don't have any good answers for this one besides what you guys said. Um, I I've started. I I just started playing Fire Emblem about a week <laughs> ago. And it's fucking killer. I love it, and I would agree yeah. with that. Yeah, it's uh, this is this is a killer installment. Although I do think they take like the in between f battle stuff a little bit too far. Maybe like there's so much to do in between. Sometimes yep. you'll play for two hours and not even do a battle because you're just running around doing chores basically. But uh, <laughs> trying to have sex with your student. Exactly, trying to have sex with your student. <laughs> we call it tea time, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but besides that, uh. I really love it. But so, yeah, I, I would agree on Fire Emblem. 
but I can't really think of uh, another. I, I maybe actually one kind of example I have is uh, I also I'll maybe talk about this a little bit more in a second, but um, or maybe not since we're kind of going over. But uh, I started playing Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, and that game is killer. I love it, and it's been a yeah. I feel like it's been a long time since there's been a good Star Wars game. So, uh, did you not hear the game I talked about? <laughs> so, uh, 10, baby. Yeah. So that one kind of does too, but, um, that's, that's just because there hasn't really been a great, and, and that's kind of hard to, that's kind of a hard comparison to make also because the star Wars games encompass such a vast genre. Like there are so many different genres of, of games within the star Wars franchise. Like there's RTSs, there's action games, there's this and that. So uh, that's that's you know it's not like you're comparing one RPG to another. It's just another installment in the Star Wars franchise, which happens to be really good after a long time of not having a really good one. I mean, in a sense, you could also say God of War. Like God of War never oh, got yeah, that's terrible, true. but the uh, I think it was 2018's God of War yeah. really amped it up and actually made these people likable characters instead of it just being like a rage fest. Mm-hmm. You know, and to that it's point, true. I guess you could maybe the uh, 2016 yeah. Doom, like they brought that back. Oh, yeah, hard, yeah, 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 and it was fucking killer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are actually quite a few like new series. Like, yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, in a sense, like, uh, and this is kind of a stretch. Like, this might be Mr. Fantastic level stretch, but I don't know if you guys are Gears of War fans. But people might still kind of talk shit about Gears of War, how it's like hyper masculine and they're always like fucking smashing dudes heads and be like, oh, yeah. But Gears of War four and five have kind of taken it to a more personal level where I I get that some shit happened in three, but one and two were kind of like nothing really big happened. They were just for the most part action movies. Number three kind of inserted a little bit of drama, but then four and five kind of like ratcheted it up where you're slowly seeing this world kind of like collapse once again. And you get to see all of these people that thought their lives were peaceful, but now their lives are crumbling around them. So I don't know. Yeah. I guess there's a lot of series that are actually trying to do that. I don't know. I I imagine a lot of people are crossing their fingers that halo infinite does it. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Chase goes on to say, and that is it for me today, gentlemen, short and semi-sweet. Thanks always for all that you do and providing this amazing little part of your show that, that you share with us all cheers and talk again soon. Chase, the night cleaner. Thank you, Chase. Thank you so much, Chase. Uh, real quick. This is Justin. We got a tweet from uh Jeff eight. He says, I would be interested to know if Jay has continued playing Alundra at all. Sometimes Jay says he's going to play a game more, but doesn't follow up with his thoughts in later episodes. And I'm not sure if he didn't play it or if he just isn't talking about it. Uh, no, I haven't. I haven't stepped back into it really. I played a little bit more after the time I talked about it, but uh, it's been a minute since I've I've put more time into it. Okay, that's gonna wrap us up for emails. Um, current gaming subcast. Anybody have any cur- any current games that they want to talk about very briefly before we wrap this up? I gotta be honest. I've talked about way too many current games. <laughs> 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 Nothing. We got no no big current games. I don't really have much either. I would say that um, 
I started playing, as I said, uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, and that game is kind of the shit, and I love it. <laughs> have you gotten to the Wookiees yet? I have not. I think, I think I'm just I just discovered the tree thing, and I believe that's my next stop is to go check out the Wookiees. Yeah, you get to see the spaghetti monsters are fucking terrible. Oh <laughs> man! So and everyone sounds like Chewbacca, and you're like, how? <laughs> This game feels oh, like a Star Wars movie to me. It it just like just playing it it reminds me a lot of uh like Batman Arkham Asylum and a little bit of uh, Arkham City like where there's not that there's not really anything innovative about the gameplay but they just made it like super like super true to the Batman series and like to Batman in general. Like that's how this game feels to me. It's like it's kind of a combination of Metroid and Dark Souls, but they just nailed all the Star Wars aspects of it to where it really feels like you are... It feels like a Star Wars movie that you're watching a lot of the time. So, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's fucking killer. Uh, I, You're going to have to like message me on Slack when you get to the end of it because it's so fucking cool. It's by far... Really? like I'm going to say right now, the end of that game, like one of the end scenes, is in my opinion, the coolest thing that's ever happened in Star Wars. Holy shit. It, it made me seriously like I was like, once it happened, I, I wasn't lukewarm on the game or anything. I thought that game was a, pretty great. But then once it happens, I was like, it's fucking done. This is my game of the year. I mean, there's not much to put it up against like that year, but holy shit. It. That's that's still that's a that's a big statement. I'm, I'm very awesome. excited now. I, I really loved that game. The my big complaints about it were like. I tried to do it on like the Jedi Grandmaster difficulty. Oh fuck! Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I tried yeah. to do it from the beginning, and I was doing like fairly well. But in the beginning of the game, you have almost no way to combat ranged enemies other than just deflecting their blaster bolts, which is super annoying. So, yeah, I that was my big complaint about it on Jedi Grandmaster. If if I had like the force pull at that time then I would honestly be much better. But I imagine uh, since they in- implemented New Game Plus, I could go back and try. I was playing on... Is Grandmaster the super hard difficulty or just regular hard? Um, I think Jedi Knight is the regular hard and then Jedi Grandmaster is super hard. Holy shit, I was playing on regular hard. There's, there's like four modes, right? There's one that's just easy. It's like story mode. And then there's one that's easy slash normal is what it says in the description. I was like, fuck that, I'm going for hard. So whichever one was the regular hard was what I was playing at first. But then there was this giant frog that I could not fucking beat. Dude, that frog is such a bitch. <laughs> In the <laughs> hole, like, you have to jump down the hole to kill him? Yeah. I could not beat I, the... F- I played... I, I tried... I fought him like 25 fucking times and could not beat him. So I was like, you know what? I think maybe I'm past my prime as far as hard mode difficulty goes in video games. I'm going to have to... <laughs> Tone it down to normal now. Yeah, that's actually kind of hilarious because it seems like that's a turning point for most people. Because <laughs> mm. I was on the highest difficulty until I got to that frog, and I was like, "Fuck this frog, dude! I'm so done." Because <laughs> he just kept whooping the shit out of me, and yeah. I I would get him so close, yep. and then he'd just fucking kill me. And I'm like, I know I don't have to fight this frog, but I want to kill this fucking frog. Yeah, it was it's funny. Sometimes he would. It was exactly like you said. Sometimes I would get so close, and then he would kill me, and then other times. He would kill me in two hits right off the bat. <laughs> yeah, he'd just eat your ass. Yeah. He'd just like fucking stick out his tongue. Did you know you can cut off his tongue? It's actually a trophy or achievement. Holy shit. No, I didn't know that. That's killer. Yeah, it's it's kind of annoying because you'd think 
that you actually would like because you immediately have the kind of like force freeze power which is so cool that cal has it Mm -hmm. the only time we've really seen it before was with uh kylo ren and even then he only did it like once right right, yeah super depressing but it's very cool that cal does it yeah um so you'd think that you would just like wait for it to shoot out its tongue and then freeze it and cut it off but that's actually not how you do it you have to wait until you get the force pull ability, and then you actually force pull out its tongue and cut it. Oh, really? <laughs> so yeah, you have to awesome. go back to him and to do that. Yeah, yeah, but um, you end up like you end up having to go back to that planet anyway, like later on in the story. Um, plus, since it, it does have those kind of like once again, kind of the annoying thing, but Metroidvania elements. Um, you like going back there later on is actually incentivized because you you upgrade um i want to say his name is bd1 yeah bd11 yeah okay yeah bd1 you end up upgrading his kind of like lock pick to where he can pick more locks and do all sorts of stuff okay yeah it it definitely incentivizes you to go back there but sadly it's not to power you up it's only to give you like new ponchos and shit (laughs) yeah i love it anytime you find a uh box it's like Oh, you got a new poncho. <laughs> yeah, you got a new poncho or you got a new lightsaber piece. And you're like, oh, man, that's cool. But, like, I don't really give a shit, if I'm being honest. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm all about the lightsaber pieces. The lightsaber pieces are cool. Oh, there's just there's so many things that's super cool. Like, there's one thing I don't like about Metroidvanias is that they often late game introduce, like, uh, gameplay mechanics that didn't exist before. And I'm not going to spoil anything, but Jedi Fallen Order does that exact same thing, and it's so annoying. Okay. Yeah, but it's also very cool that it does it. It's <laughs> polarizing things there, but yeah. <laughs> but that's all I'm going to say about Jedi Fallen Order, so don't gush too much and accidentally spoil things. For all me. right. <laughs> yeah, it's a good. It's a really good game. It's it's really good. This is the first game that I played since getting my new graphics card. This is the first game that I couldn't have played until uh, getting my new graphics card. So I'm. I'm excited to be playing it. All right. Anybody else got any current gaming subcast stuff? Sounds like we're sounds like we're maybe good. All right. Yeah. Wow. Sounds real good. good. You must have shown them. Oh, you know what? You know what's happening. (laughs) (laughs) Or Fox and Falco. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Our again, our next top five is going to be. Uh, best games with the slowest start. So send those in to mail at classicgamingpodcast.com or just send whatever you want to to that email address. Uh, also, another reminder is our game of the quarter is Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga. This is a... Uh, was it originally Game Boy Advance, Jay? I think it was, right? Uh, um, I believe so. Yeah, I think yeah, it was Game Boy great. Advance. There is also a 3DS version. So uh, whatever version you want to play, if you want to uh, take part in that, then play that game and send us in your thoughts by. We will probably be doing that, I think, about two episodes from now. So sometime around the end of March is when we'll be discussing that. So Jay and I will both be playing it. Anybody else who wants to play it and send in your thoughts, please feel free to do so. That's Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga. Uh, Sometime around the end of March, probably two episodes from now. Be sure to leave us amazing reviews on iTunes. Tell all of your friends to listen to us. Check out other podcasts on the HP Video Game Podcast Network, such as uh, Vaughn and Josh. Do you guys have any ideas on what we should recommend for them to listen to? 
I would say indie incursion in indie games podcast, which is ours. <laughs> I don't want to toot my own horn, but I think it's pretty good. Um, it's pretty good. There's also, yeah, Active Quest is also pretty good. We're pretty close with those guys. There's even kind of a bromance. We often have them on. Uh, nice. The HP podcast itself is actually really good. Um, the Life and Times of Video Games, people really enjoy that one i actually watch i listened to their uh the race to the bottom episode it's pretty fantastic i really enjoyed it so there's quite a few great podcasts on there mm-hmm. yep uh follow us at class gamescast what do you got you guys have a uh have a twitter for yours i assume oh uh our twitter account is at indie pod super easy at indie pod follow them follow us follow me i'm at king Octa- octavius um and i think that's gonna wrap us up for this episode be sure to check back with us. We will be back in about three weeks with episode number 142. Dope. Dope. Ooh. Ooh, nice. <laughs> you guys did that, and I looked at the penis, so. <laughs> all right. Well, then we're all doing what we should be. Perfect. <laughs> and that's a wrap. All right, bro.